Before we start today's episode of EmblemCast, I'd like to thank Cody, Flower, Isaac, and Victor for their donations on Patreon. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can find us at www.patreon.com slash EmblemCast. And uh, how did you come to be in possession of the Chaos Emeralds? <laughs> the Chaos Emeralds? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> if you played uh, Sonic Adventure 2, you would realize that, uh, in fact, Shadow the Hedgehog does, in fact, work for uh, the American government. Uh, and thanks to his efforts, we were able to gather them all up. And uh, using the Chaos Emeralds, we were able to counter the Infinity Stones and all the Dragon Balls. <laughs> all right, thank oh, you uh, very much. And welcome back to what is now episode 31 of EmblemCast. My name is Devin, and I want to apologize very quickly because we have been on a bit of a hiatus recently. Uh, my computer's hard drive crashed, and we lost a bunch of data. Sadly, actually, the episode with the guests that we have on today, which I'll introduce in a moment. But I just want to remind you guys that we do have a Patreon at EmblemCast.com Patreon. And as well, we do have a YouTube channel now, which I want to plug because this is... A new thing. Uh, we're going to be uploading stream archives there, which we stream at twitch.tv slash emblemcast. And we're also going to start some original series there, which will be announced in the future, as I have not figured out what we're doing yet. <laughs> but Very original. Very original. But anyway... Um, we have a very special emblemcast. guest today. He's we a do. moderator of the r slash Fire Emblem subreddit. His name is Sheffin. Uh, he'll be joining us yeah, for the episode today. Never, yeah, never seen on the show before. Always happy, always a pleasure to be here. Uh, but we also have someone very special with us who's actually a guest, <laughs> Zerk Monster Hunter. Yeah. Hello. Uh, hi. Uh, I, unfortunately, as I think Devin mentioned, uh, we had a hard drive failure with my original episode, and that has been lost to the wayside of time. So it has. Uh, I decided uh, graciously, since I had fun the first time, uh, that I'd come back, risk uh, another set of technical failure, because... You know what? Uh, just talking Fire Emblem sounds like a fun idea. So Yeah. Well, it's I'm great here. to have you on. It is great to have you on. Not as great to have Sheffin on, but that's, wow. that's, uh, that's beside the point. Anyway, um, does anyone want to start? If not, I, I'm okay with starting on what you guys have been playing, watching, whatever lately. Well, I actually wouldn't mind starting because it's been a long time, so I have a few things it to cover. It has. Why don't you start off then, Hasser? All right, so I will permit it. I'll allow it. I would hope so. <laughs> so first of all, uh, the new—well, it's not that new anymore—but uh, um, the self-randomizing Sacred Stones ROM came out relatively recently, and I've been playing that because I've been consistently stalled on actually beating uh, Ephraim Root. And I what got... do you mean by by self-randomizing? Oh, it's great. Okay, so. I have a Mac, which means I can't patch anything, so I've been yeah. dependent on the charity of usually EmblemCast members uh, to, to patch something for me and then upload it into our uh, episode drive. Yeah, there, there was that one time that we both played that randomizer, like, what, a year, year and a half ago? Uh, that, that was like someone, two years ago now. <laughs> it was. Someone someone uh, randomized a FV8 ROM for us, and we both played it. Or, I mean, an, a Fire Emblem 8 game cartridge. <laughs> the Game Boy yeah. Advance. <laughs> I actually do own it on Virtual Console, so I don't really feel that bad. I own it on an ambassador program for 3DS. Uh, but anyway, um, 
so this ROM is special because you download it and then uh, you can input a seed or just go from whatever to like randomize within the ROM itself. So I've been using the, uh, I think it was the Glacier Seed, and I got some cool stuff. Uh, like Erica's on a horse again, and so's Ephraim, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Although he's like Has a monster. Has she been blessed Centaur. as per usual with your Erica's? Yeah, longtime listeners of the show know that my Erica's always end up ridiculously blessed, and fortunately this time was no exception. Which is especially good because Ephraim has not been doing so hot, so he needs the extra levels from uh, Ephraim Root, and Erica doesn't Oof. so much. What class is Ephraim? Uh, so Ephraim is a, I think it's called a Tarvos. It's like the centaur monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is sort of weird, and but, you know, he has mounted movement, which is pretty what solid. What does he use? Axes, I think? Those yeah, axes. Axes. axes and bows, maybe? Or do they not uh, use bows? bows I think promoted promotion. gets bows. Okay, yeah. yeah. And Franz is one, too, I remember, which also makes him very useful. Mm -hmm. What's a shame about the monster classes in randomized FE8 ROMs is that uh, when monster classes promote, they don't get any stats besides con on promotion, which is kind of, yeah. oh well, <laughs> kind of sad. But <laughs> I can't remember, but I think this version might have fixed that. Oh, really? Real promotion bonuses. I'm not 100% oh, cool. sure. I don't really recall because uh, it has been a little while since I played it, but I, I think it might have. And it does a bunch of other cool stuff. You know, you can set the parameters, like what exactly is randomized, you know, like how much the growths vary from like not at all to, you know, completely. Uh, you can set it up a bunch of different factors and you can do a seed so that you can always get the same thing and you can play with your friends without having to share files around. Uh, it's been really great. So that's been super fun. And I've also uh, went back to Path of Radiance because I realized that uh, the universe is going to die a heat death before Devin finishes it. So that's true. I am I am at home now, so I will get on that. You know what? If remind me, that, remind me once. Said that before. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> I, said that so many but, times. But shit was buried in my fucking college room, and I didn't want to deal with my roommate being like, "Oh, that's a wee, Ooh, you asshole." And, <laughs> but you know what, Husser, you can bully me once we finish this episode, and and I'll play. I'll set up Path of Radiance like once we finish recording. Excellent. Um, yeah. Damn. Anyway, but okay. con continue. <laughs> right. So what I thought I'd try was an Ike solo run because it seemed oh, you like told it would me about be this. Yeah. pretty easy, uh, and I wanted something sort of mindless I could do while listening to podcasts and stuff. Not that FE9 isn't already sort of in that range, but yeah. we did we did attempt a Sigurd solo run. I <laughs> yes, uh, on the stream. That's actually yeah. much harder because there are no healing items in FE4, so you have yeah, to like camp churches. on churches a lot and stuff. Uh, although I think. Once we get into like sort of chapters four and five, it'll be easier comparatively. Yeah, the Sigurd solo run I feel like was just kind of mo half of most people's first draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when we did it before. <laughs> so on the Ike solo run, uh, it's actually it's pretty simple, but you know he slams into level twenty really hard. Yep. Sort of like Roy, except he's like better than Roy just stat wise, but yeah. he's still a sword footlock. And the thing is. It works pretty well. It works okay, because, like, even the defend map on the boat, you know, you just get him to the tile and have him squat there for the entire map, because you don't need any of the items, because it's just Ike. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and what's nice you... about Path of Radiance, too, is you have the, that, like, dedicated item slot, so you can, you know, not worry about balancing his inventory with items and weapons if you really need to. Just, you know. Yeah. The downside is, then you get into Chapter 17, 
and it's like almost impossible. Is that where he promotes? Doesn't he promote after 17? He promotes after 17. Yeah, but it's four parts long. Part. And yeah. halfway through, is it through, really? Yeah. He's forced to rescue. It's basically four chapters. He's forced to rescue. Mm. I guess if you haven't played it, I won't spoil who it is, but which basically I'm means his stats are cut. Gonna in half assume it's Alencia. Like second half. No. No. Not. We'll just, but yeah, his, his, yeah. his speed and skill I cut in half, so it's like okay. Oof. Yeah. The first so, the, fir the first part is uh, a def or the chapter three or the part three is a defend map, so it's like yeah, not too bad. But then the other one's route, and it's like uh, or defend. Are you off. able to yeah. save in between, or do you have to do yeah. all four parts could, in one go? Yeah, you, you can, can even them. bring in reinforcements, uh, which in this case doesn't matter that much, but I can load them down with items. The okay. real problem is that I couldn't find any elixirs before it started, and he now has enough uh, HP that vulneraries don't really work too well. Mm. So I just kind of slammed into a brick wall. I was trying it over and over again. I think if I go back to it, I'll just cheat for that chapter and then go back to the Ike solo just for the purpose yeah. of my own sanity. Uh, maybe but Hustler, bring in, like, you should you should have done the Ike and Mist solo, because Mist is your girl. <laughs> well, I. I like using Mist. I don't like her in that particular sense. Um, That's not but... what I was saying. I just meant like you enjoy using her. That's all I was implying. Yes, that much is certainly true. Uh, much in the way that like Roy is many people's boy, I, I do quite enjoy using Mist. Uh, and it would have been helpful since healing was really the big uh, impeding factor here. Unfortunately, I didn't yep. do that. So if I brought her in now, she would be a what, like a level 3 cleric or whatever she is, it would not work she, too well. Did she start at 3? I thought she starts she at starts 1. She starts at 1. Yeah. Oh, is it 1? Yeah. So, yeah, she starts at uh, level yeah. 1 cleric. <laughs> mm -hmm. Although I guess I do have all that BXP that I didn't waste on Ike because he slammed into level 20. Just do it. That's Fuck a thought. It. Give her, give her the, the Earth Sword or whatever. Not the Earth Sword. The, the Windstorm. Yeah. The Wind Sword in yeah. that game. Sonic Sword. Yeah, you don't get it uh, for... Until Actually, you get it in a couple <laughs> chapters. Yeah, all right. Well, maybe maybe I'll do that then. Uh, I'll just, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, a, it's, actually, it's actually the chapter after 17 yep. that you get it, so. Once you get <laughs> Brother and sister fighting the world together. Except the sister didn't do anything for the first half. No. <laughs> yeah. But, so any, you know, anything else? Uh, so that's basically the Fire Emblem that I've been playing for the most part. Uh, I also did a Sonic 3 race, um, which was ah, fun, okay. although I was terrible because I haven't played Sonic 3 in like Did you do that two with our, our own Theo Ismio? I Theo, did. Theo the real Osmio. Yeah, which was sort of a fun, you know, callback because, you know, when we were like eight or nine, we'd always play Sonic 3 and I would be Tails because he mm -hmm. was the one who owned yeah. it. So and now you're 12 works. and, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy how much you guys have progressed as people. Yeah, man, I'm not even gas stage yet. <laughs> it's a crying shame. You're not an 11-year-old gay vegan yet? No, unfortunately. Okay. I have not yet reached that zenith. So, you know, I, I've, we've, been, we've been running this show for over two years now. And God, it's, wow. Yeah, it's, I feel like an old man. Um, <laughs> but it, it is crazy how some of these memes start, because I genuinely don't know the origin of half the memes that... Have have infiltrated our Discord, like how ninety five percent of the people on this are named Devin. I, well, I guess you started, started that. that. That that was your fault. I never named myself Devin. You named Gwim Devin, but better, and that's that started the trend. I'm pretty sure Gwim would have done that. No, that was. Oh no, no no no! 
That's right. I didn't. I didn't make him Devin, but better. I named him like Gwimpage and then Greater Than. Devin. Well, he's still that. Yeah. You were like annoying me or something. I can't remember why. Cause yeah. It was, like, a year ago, but <laughs> was that really the start of it? That was the start. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess it is my fault then. You're right. I mean, yeah. You know, Gang Ralph can be credited to me. That I, I'll take the I'll take the blame for that one. But you, you're the real monster. You know, I'll stack my record up against yours any day, Mister. I like shit. <laughs> it's actually I like poop. That that's the proper quote. So. Oh, excuse me, princess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's probably good. Uh, what have you been up to, Sheffin? Uh, good question. I'm not sure what I've actually been playing. Everything's like games have just been like a blur recently. Yeah, you've been playing Fortnite. Do you come back it seems to you? like. Well, yeah, I've been playing kind of Fortnite. Uh, did a new game? Did the new game plus run of Xenoblade Two? Ah, okay. And I don't know. Games have just been like a blur. I haven't really done anything standout-ish. Well, talk talk about Fortnite. I'm I'm actually curious because I keep meaning to play with you guys in in Gwim's chat, but uh, I've I have Fortnite installed, but I still have not played it, and it's it's a hot topic right now. So how how do you feel about it? Eh, it's pretty. Right. It's free. Yeah. So it is free. <laughs> I can't ha can't have it. Can't it can't not like free things. <laughs> it's not the prettiest game. I I eh, mean it, it's, it's a better, free it's game. I, I it's wouldn't. Better, it's better than like PUBG. Yeah. It. it well, that's it's, not saying much. <laughs> well, yeah, and when, and it's pretty much it's pretty much the competition. Yeah. But Fortnite, a lot more colorful. It, so it's it's, got that going it's pretty amazing how much at this point Fortnite has just like destroyed PUBG. That's not to say that PUBG, you know, is not doing well. From what I understand, it's still you know turned quite a big of a profit. But you know, they've they've taken that marketplace over yeah. and. We're recording this before E3, and I assume this episode will be posted before E3, but I saw in an old friend of the show, NBZ, you guys are, might remember, yeah, famous last words, saying count how many times they mention uh, Battle Royale simulation or something like that at E3, and oh god, we are going to hear so much Battle Royale shit at E3, I think, it, it won't even be funny, so many of... Ubisoft like and EA fucking spinoffs and stuff like that. Just get get ready for the new era. It was you know platformers for a while, then first person shooters and then open world games. games. Now it's open world battle royale. <laughs> In before uh, Splatoon two adds a battle royale mode. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, who knows? How would that even work? It's not about killing people. If <laughs> they can change it to be like no. that. I mean, it's just like a totally different game at that point. I guess they could. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's that's how like all about like even uh Fortnite started out as uh like a zombie horde mode. Did it really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> this is the battle royale is just like an addition. Yeah. That they've done like after the fact. I just so, think it's <laughs> I just think it's interesting because this genre, like I first remember being introduced to it. I've I've actually never played a game in this genre, but um. I'm sure you guys remember DayZ was huge. Yeah, a I was years just gonna ago. say actually that was like the original like they had a battle yeah. royale yeah, like they... a couple years ago. And PUBG to me always just looked like almost a, a less attractive version of DayZ. <laughs> yeah, I mean the DayZ version died because DayZ like sucked really hard uh, once it became a Did it? game. Oh yeah. yeah, they like they basically it, what was it? It was an Arma two mod it's, or Arma three mod? Yeah, I don't remember. It was an Arma no, as a mod, it was fine. And then they were like, we're going to be our own standalone game. And we talked yeah. to the armor people and they're going to let us do it. And then they like started it up and it had like way fewer features than the mod. And then they just like put their really? feet up and sat yeah. back. 
it's it's technically it's technically still in early access or beta are you serious that's hilarious yeah yeah like five years later (laughs) that's funny (laughs) yeah it's like completely missed its time yeah i think it's still got fewer features than the mod had that's that's hilarious i haven't checked up on it obviously rest in peace daisy (laughs) (laughs) you shall be missed yeah uh in terms of other things i've been doing uh something that Oh, Stardew Valley multiplayer. That's why I think oh, is, is That's that why I've been yet? playing. I didn't even know that was out yet. Yeah, See, I, never, out... I played a little bit of uh, Harvest Moon on the 3DS. Nah, Stardew Valley is fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing it multiplayer uh, with friends, and it's pretty fun. Breaking uh, news: will... Chefin has friends. Yeah, more than you have. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I will that's, say, again, that's not saying much. <laughs> um, we'll say it's really fun just to like do it with friends and whatnot. Uh, it kind of takes like a lot of challenge and whatnot out of the game because it's it's going from like one person playing time management becomes like super important. Like you know you got water crops, you know mines, yeah. fish. But when you have like two, when you have three people, then it's like all right, now we can start making money super really fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's more about immersion than challenge, though, mm-hmm. those games. They, they, I mean, Star- I, I'm not even a like fan that. of that genre, but I played Stardew, for, Stardew Valley for a couple hours earlier this year, and, I, and it's actually a game I have been meaning to get back into. But it, it's just like the world they build, the character interactions, just everything. It's, it's such a wonderful, relaxing experience i i i mean i probably don't need to tell you to play stardew valley as it is like from what i understand one of the best-selling games on the switch eShop, and you know it it was hugely successful even before it came out on switch but absolutely play it uh steam summer sale probably not too far from now i don't remember when it usually is but you know shit goes on sale on steam all the time so so pick it up definitely worth it yeah all right so is that kind of you done uh only other thing um Watch, I decided to watch, uh, in terms of, like, weeb stuff, uh, I decided uh-huh. to watch uh, My Hero Academia. Oh, okay. How's that? Uh, season one was kind of was okay. And saved I've heard it gets most, better from there. It, it, yeah, season one, I would say, is saved almost entirely by, like, the last four episodes being really good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just kind of real. Uh, season two, pretty good. Uh, I feel like it actually could have it moved a bit too fast at some times. And we jumped, really? huh. jumped from uh, going from the tournament arc to the stain arc. I feel like could have used a bit more space instead of literally jumping into it. Yeah, stain uh-huh. arc. So is that like when it switches perspective to the janitor? <laughs> nah, not quite. <laughs> Super clean. Uh, now, season three, season three is going on right now. Eh, pretty good, but again, it feels feels like we've jumped going too fast because like. Uh, it's only been seven episodes, and already done with like an entire arc, jumping into the next big arc. Then it's like there's twenty six. There's uh, supposed to be season three. Supposed to be twenty five episodes. So it's like this is gonna be covering like, th- like uh, four to five arcs here, <laughs> or three to four arcs. Which feels like probably could use it. Be a kind of a good time to have some filler, and whatnot. Not like Naruto level filler, where it's like here's the entire season filler, or like DBZ filler, where it's just people standing around. You don't want someone to charge up power for twenty minutes and then see what happens next time. 
Yeah, like filler itself, if it's like some like slice of life stuff and whatnot, or just building some backstory of like some char side characters or giving side characters time to shine, then I feel like pretty good. But just I don't know. So it's you're saying that it's good uh, to have in moderation. Scramble is your favorite set of chapters in any FE game. Hey man, <laughs> that's I different mean... kind of filler. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, anime, pretty good. I watched yeah, the dub. Yeah, dub... filler, you don't have to pay extra for it. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, okay. I watched the dub. Dub, great. Yeah. Cool. Move what on. have you been up to, Zerk? Yeah. Oh, I... I've been hopelessly addicted, as per my name, to Monster Hunter World for the past several months. Uh, uh, are you excited about the recent announcement that... Uh, what are they calling it? Cross Ultimate or something uh, like that? Generations Ultimate. I'm... I'm excited that I finally have Monster Hunter on my Switch. I'm not so excited transitioning back into 4th Gen from 5th Gen Monster Hunter, though, because 5th yeah, Gen Monster Hunter is so streamlined by comparison. Um, I it's think also just a game that has, like, up 3DS graphics. <laughs> it's, it's not yeah, a particularly true. pretty game. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, but the, at, at least the frame rate will be good, right? Yeah, <laughs> let's hope. Anyways, anyways, um... So yeah, I've been hopelessly addicted to Monster Hunter World. Uh, recently, uh, and by recently I mean end of April, they had their big Kul Taroth siege update. Uh, so I spent uh, okay. literally an eight-hour sitting trying to solo a quest that is scaled for 16 players. <laughs> how? Did you beat it? How? It took me eight hours, but I did it. That's like that fucking that boss fight in Final Fantasy XII that takes like ten hours or whatever. Fucking Yzmat or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but but it took me. I, I I spent eight hours playing Monster Hunter. I started at like uh, five o'clock, uh, and then I basically went till two in the morning soloing this thing. It was. Was it, it was worth a, it? it? It was worth it because I got to make the armor after all of that. I only killed it once. See, normally in Monster Hunter, you have to farm the same monster several times until you get the one rare drop that you need. Right. Because Ugh. grinding. Um, <laughs> but beyond That's Monster like Hunter... That's the reason I could uh, never get into MMOs. It seems so boring. I mean, but, so, but th the thing that I find a little bit more appealing about Monster Hunter is it's much more interactive than an MMO. It's not like, you know, World of Warcraft where you're kind of just hitting numbers and clicking on shit. You're actually like fun gameplay so you yeah, know fighting yeah. fighting the boss a couple times is not like quite as mind-numbing i find it might be an overused comparison because it's of how mimetic it's become but yeah. monster hunter actually does play like dark souls like legitimately a little bit the... it, it's it's actually it's combat system is a lot more complex than Dark Souls, but it, it is a it is it has that sort of stiff feel that Dark Souls has. I I, I understand. So you that mean comparison. it's the it's the crash and actually if you want to get really technical, exactly. Yeah, if you want to get really technical, actually, um, the whole genre that sort of Dark Souls popularized is a weight based combat simulator. Exactly. Yeah. Not exactly the most roll off the tongue name. But Monster Hunter actually predates Demon Souls, which was mm -hmm. Dark Souls' predecessor, by three years. First so one was Monster on PS2, Hunter, right? Yep. Yeah. Because you, so you can actually credit Monster Hunter as 
the OG weight-based combat simulator, and without Monster Hunter being such a success in Japan, we might not have even gotten Dark Souls. Yeah, so, I think the new episode title for this is Is Monster Hunter the Dark Souls of Dark Souls? It is the Dark Souls of Dark Souls. Um, <laughs> regardless, beyond Monster Hunter, as much as I'm excited for... Actually, the thing that incites me most about Generations Ultimate is you can transfer your save from the 3DS version of Generations and pick up where you left off, which really? means I get to skip... Yeah, which means I get Fuck. to skip low and high rank and go straight to G rank, which is like... Thank God. Damn. I was not going to pick that game up, but I, I picked up Generations on sale uh, a few months ago. I didn't play a ton of it, but I, I did enjoy what I played. But fuck, I'm going to have to pick that up now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I yeah, didn't if, play too if much. You... If I can pick up my save, then yeah. Yeah. As I understand it, you can pick up your save exactly where you left okay. off. At this so... point, I really, really want to play World, but I have a gaming PC. And I, I have a PS4, but... I mean, I'd rather just wait until what is it? September? I think that's when the PC release uh, comes out. They're for saying World. late. There's the last I heard from Capcom Unity, which is Capcom's European press mm -hmm. uh, release company. They said late September. Okay. For the that's a ways PC off. version. Yeah. Uh, though it likely will coincide with the G rank expansion to all platforms. So. Speaking of something. Dark Souls, Dark Souls read. Excuse me, Dark Souls Remastered is coming out soon, and uh, for those of you, I just want to let people know this, because I, I have not seen too much publicity about it. If you own the original fucking broken Dark Souls PC part, uh, it's just, just called, I think it's called Dark Souls Prepare to Die Edition on PC, you actually get... Uh, that game will be taken off of the Steam Store once Dark Souls Remaster is is put up there, which will probably be up once this episode is released, and you get 50% off. So it's uh, it's $20 instead of $40, which is a nice gesture from Bandai Namco, just because of how fucking horrid that port was. But at the same time, there's a free mod for that port that is basically the entirety of the upgrade. Okay, I mean that's true. The I'm still gonna I, be getting it because like honestly, a lot of a lot of the hardcore PC folks are really upset about Dark Souls Remastered. Yeah. Specifically the fact. Yeah, but me for me personally, as someone who played the first one on PS3, mm -hmm. and will now be able to play it again on Switch, that prospect is way better for me. Yeah, I no, handheld Dark Souls, like, I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I always make this joke, but, like, Dark Souls you can play while taking a shit. I mean, that's pretty, like, that's, that's pretty, pretty appealing. Lit. <laughs> that's pretty lit, honestly. I will, that is the biggest, honestly, I say if you are going to get Dark Souls Remastered, I'd honestly say the Switch version is probably the best one to get, because not only is it, uh, uh, not it's only coming is it out a basically couple months equal, later, yeah, it's also coming out a couple months later, which might means it also might have some quality of life enhancements mm -hmm. that the other versions may not. It is worth it, noting also that the the Switch version, unlike the console and PC version, runs at 30 instead of uh, 60 frames per second. So, if if that's you know if you're the kind of person that cares about that sort of thing, uh, yeah, you know it's worth knowing that going in. Oh uh, yeah, of course. 
There's uh, supposed but, to be like a, a demo though, isn't there for the Switch? Like, the... uh, there's a there's a network test going yeah. on on the consoles right on the consoles and PC right now. Oh, really? And the Switch network test will be a week before its release, which I, I believe is that network test. <laughs> which I believe is June 23rd for the Switch version, though I might be wrong on that. I it's either June or July 20 some odd. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond Monster Hunter and the exciting prospect of Dark Souls Remastered, uh, <laughs> what I've been uh, mostly... Uh, the other thing I've really been playing and uh, what's been sitting in the back of my mind a lot is uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. There uh, we go. I, chef chef I don't have a lot to say here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love to share a lot of my opinions on that game. But I'm currently working on a video about it to discuss. Ah, uh, okay. To d just go over everything. I'm going to entitle it uh, A Love Letter to a Flawed Masterpiece. And while that may sound pretentious, I think that really encapsulates kind of my general thoughts on the game. My um, favorite part about Xenoblade 2 as an outsider's uh, perspective is I saw on my YouTube channel recently, um, I don't remember her name, um, but the voice actress who plays Pyra uh, did, oh, a, did yeah. a stream recently to raise money for some some charity organization. Again, I don't remember what, but I don't know. She's just She seemed like kind of a badass. She was super funny and just super cool. It just, <laughs> and they, they've raised a ton a of giant, money. Yeah. It was a giant meme stream. It was a meme stream. It, it looked pretty that. cool. Yeah, I'm that's always Sky down Bennett. for meme streams. Sky Bennett is, uh, she's Pyra and Mithra's voice actress. She's uh -huh. been doing streams of the game, much in the same way that Kyle McCarley did streams of Echoes yeah. when it came out. Yeah, That would be interesting. Joe. We've never had a voice actor on the show, but I've, I've considered about reaching out, reaching out to him at some point. I don't know if he'd respond, but that, you know, just an idea. One to day. Kyle McCarley? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think well, it'd be fun. Uh, well, Greg Coon uh, did do the uh, extra live stream. That's ex mm -hmm. extra live stream. Extra live stream that happened a while back. So that's for charity, though, right? True. It's a little different. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, seeing the quality always... of our show, you could say it is a charity case around here. Uh... <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, you were saying about Xenoblade music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, regardless, I think I'm going to reserve a lot of my opinions for my video. Mm -hmm. uh, in the meanwhile, I'll just give my sort of uh, shortened thoughts. Uh, I think the strongest aspect of the game is how the first five chapters make you think that you're playing a really anime-inspired, uh, fun-filled romp through an, a cool world. And then chapter six onward, it's just like, no, we're, we're going full Evangelion on you now. Good, See, good that night. sounds cool to me, but... As a self-reported massive Evangelion fan, I would much rather prefer the game start with Chapter 6 and skip the kind of anime BS in the beginning. I, I will play the game eventually, probably whenever I, I find it on sale, because I don't you have... that about a lot of games. I mean, I have, me. but... It's also probably not going to go on sale, because Nintendo games <laughs> are very notorious well, for not going on sale. Yeah. Yeah, it's really annoying. Um, it the other thing I'd like to say about Xenoblade 2 that I really like is the game does a lot to sort of uh, subtly 
make you think about things. Uh, mm. There's a lot of lore snippets that once you start making connections, it's you're basically connecting dots on a chalkboard to like find the evil mastermind behind the mafia uh, is basically the whole gist of it. And just earlier today, I was discussing with someone about uh, two characters uh, who in the game are half-siblings, and it's not clear why they're half-siblings or why one of them is in the place that they are versus the other one is where they are. But the conclusion we came to is actually rather interesting, and I oh, think I know this really one. Cool. It's because uh, Deirdre's mother cheated on uh, <laughs> oh. with Kurth, right? Because like <laughs> uh, he was that. a huge douche. Yeah. But, but Fire uh, Emblem Four. Yeah, which <laughs> Fire Emblem Four. Moral of the story: If you fuck your sister, you'll give birth to the Antichrist. Come and do wow. it. George yeah. R. R. Martin should uh, taking notes from that. What? What's one of the two characters? You're, uh, Zerk, the, you said like half siblings. I'm trying to remember who's who's related. I left it in chat. I don't want to spoil the game for any of the viewers out there who may want to play it. Oh, are they cousins? Uh, no, it's implied they're half siblings. No, because it's, it's it's uh one of them straight says like you know you were you were born first. And whatnot, uh, from from the my uncle. It was like in their it was like in their second their second cutscene, but I. Oh man, I remember partially about that. I thought they were half siblings, but okay, I must have been yeah. mistaken. You can Regardless, go watch the. You can uh, well move on. Sorry. Regardless, right. anyways. The game has like plenty of lore. It's to the point where I'm getting everything muddled it's so rich in detail it's like a glazed donut <laughs> <laughs> so is that it for what you've been what playing a vivid metaphor uh other than that i guess i've been playing fire emblem heroes I just we'll get into that. that that that's that's saved for the third uh topic which i haven't informed chef on what it is yet but that's fine wow. i'll do it during the break uh, <laughs> it's also a, it's all Fire Emblem Heroes also a giant meme game. Also a giant meme game. That is true. Yeah, yeah. That With game equal is... amounts of sex appeal, unproportionate sex appeal. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go into what I've been doing then recently. Um, so the first thing I want to mention, because it is directly related to the show, is that uh, and Hustler should know this because he was on that first episode with me. I've started due to the generous donations of the friend of a show, the friend of our show, uh, A Blast. I've been been I've been playing Tearing Saga or TRS on stream, and we're going to be trying to do that at least every week. Uh, and I have to say, I've only played the first few chapters yet, but I am shocked with how polished the game is so far, how well the world has been established in comparison to other Fire Emblem games, in particular other Kaga games. And this just kind of feels like Thracia 2.0, but slightly more refined. And if you have listened to this show in the past year and a half, you would know that Thracia is, is my baby, and I very much enjoy that game. So TRS has been... It's been a real shock to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm not too far in yet. It, it could go up and or down in terms of my enjoyment but it is it is a pleasant surprise and i would recommend you guys obviously check out our streams of the game on twitch.tv slash emblemcast or youtube.com slash emblemcast 
shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> or just play the game for yourself because so far it is an enjoyable experience. But the next thing I yeah, want to I talk to about, say, yeah, yeah, go I've ahead. I've seen every single Fire Emblem game. Like I haven't played all of them through to the end, but I've like you know dabbled in every single one from one to fourteen. Tear Ring Saga is probably the prettiest looking one. Like I love the GBA the, battles. Yeah, the, the rights, battle. I mean, it's it's basically these, I think just give them like, a run for their money. It's the um. The battle sequences or the, the battle scenes in TRS, it's if you're familiar with the, the Super Nintendo games and how you do have that sort of dynamic battle system and where like, you know, if you do a follow up attack you don't just play the same animation over again. It it you know. Uh, Echoes kind of does the same yeah, thing. Yeah, Echoes I does think. the same thing. Um But TRS takes that style, but the animations are much more fluid and the sprites look better because it's a thirty two bit console instead of 16-bit console on the Super Nintendo, so it is. It's visually, it's a great-looking game, and it's kind of sad to me that uh, it was never released outside of Japan. But so far, and again, it. I might be, you know, I might have updates on this on the in the future as I progress through the game. But so far, the script has been very good. The translation seems to be perfectly fine. Probably better than the Thracia translation, to be honest. Uh, and you mean it doesn't doesn't have random memes and put the script and you know it doesn't have doesn't in complete, America so I, and I it should also not doesn't completely break down near the end no it doesn't um, at least I mean to, to be fair knowledge. the original TRS translation did all of those things <laughs> <laughs> did it really I, it didn't have as many memes but like the second half suddenly turned into like English it was really bad. You know, it's it's a sad day. Just when, new one's more like a localization. It's a sad day when changes, when Tearing Saga, a game that is you know a spiritual successor to Fire Emblem, but not part of the the Fire Emblem pantheon or canon, has a more solid translation and playable patch in English than a beloved game in the series. But that's besides the point. <laughs> I don't think you even need to pit me. them against each other because you can say it's sad that neither of them have a, a completely proper translation compared to fucking Fates, which got a translation before it even came out when it was always going to get an official one. That just... I forgot about that. The effort That's a, That there, is a good point. And Fates, is, I'm not... Fates is three fucking games. I mean, you know, it's it's one game, but that's still a hell of a lot more dialogue in Three Rats of Fates than maybe Thracia and, uh, and TRS put together. Not 100% sure on that. Oh man, text mods of Fates actually it reminds me of back uh, in my channel's early days when I did uh, rewrites. When I did a rewrite of all three paths of Fates, uh, I got a lot of comments asking. I remember if, that. I think I've seen that video actually. Yeah, I did three of them uh, sparse. I think I released mm -hmm. them like over the course of about five months, every two months or so. Was and, was the Revelation uh, one like four hours long? <laughs> No, no, they were all of uh, just under fifteen minutes each. Okay. Uh, but I, I was more saying that because there's a lot to fix with Rev's plot. Yeah. Well, no, well, it's actually, actually perfect I just because just under fifteen minutes is actually own, uh, the but... exact amount of time that any part of Rev is salvageable. Oof. Yeah. Um. But, <laughs> anyways, I got a lot of comments on those videos, and I still do the odd time here or there. Uh, saying, oh, uh, Fates has, Fates' Japanese version ha is really easy to uh, mod the text for. So Doesn't fix everything, though. You could, 
so you could totally put my re-rates in the game. Oh, like, oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I thought you were going to say, I know there are a certain group of people out there that say, oh, you know, the, the treehouse localization wasn't good and the, and the Japanese translation is better. That may be true, but I think there is a fundamental problem with the storytelling in Fates. But that's a topic for a whole yeah. other day. <laughs> yeah, Fates' storytelling is just inherently terrible. Yeah. Um, regardless. And there's also a lot more to Fates' localization beyond just Treehouse being, being tree dumb. House. Like, yeah. like, the one I always bring up is actually uh, some of the legal stupidity that went on between uh, Reina, who was the uh, uh, Japanese idol who they commissioned to sing Lost in Thoughts All Alone for the Japanese version. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, she put it on her record that was releasing at the time as a hit single. Really? I didn't and know that, actually. Basi yeah, and, and then like, due to like, Japanese copyright laws. Or, yeah, or and basically because of how... Video. Yeah, and basically Oof, how thanks, Japanese copyright... Yeah, and basically how Japanese copyright worked, they actually couldn't sell the song outside of Japan unless the record, unless it, they paid royalties to the record label, and they didn't want to do that because it means they'd have to increase the game's price. Yeah. So they just decided no dual audio. Wow. And actually, it's because of that. Like I don't know, because when Corrin was added to Smash, Smash Four. Mm -hmm. They added Lost in Thoughts as a stage track for all the Fire Emblem stages. Mm -hmm. Only the English version. Yeah. <laughs> and this is shame. why. Yeah. And it also happened again immediately with S uh, with SOV, the inheritors of Arcadia song. Is that Same true? Thing. Are you serious? Yeah. It's Jap oh, Japanese. Man. The song is Japanese in Japan, and English, an entirely different English version. For the rest of the world and again no dual audio <laughs> actually no the reason for that is slightly different because it was actually the voice actress for silk who sung heritors of arcadia in both the english and the japanese version the reason nintendo gave for no dual audio on echoes parts was because the audio file being the game completely fully voice acted was too large to fit on a 3ds cartridge hmm. so i don't know why we never got a patch uh, or a free download for the dual audio. Uh, but the excuse they gave uh, for uh, Echoes was uh, cartridge space, whereas for uh, uh, Fates, it was, pretty it was very public knowledge that there were legal ramifications if they put in dual audio. Did Awakening have dual audio? Oh, aw Awakening yes. was... Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we actually really talk about Tool Audio yeah. is because Awakening had it yeah. and it wasn't in any subsequent games. It's kind of a yeah. shame. It w it, yeah. It was in Warriors, but that was an well, op that was like an optional like yeah. free DLC pack. Yeah, it was a free it. download from the eShop, as was uh, the Dual Audio for Xenoblade 2. Speaking of Warriors, very quickly, um, have you guys played the, uh, the Awakening DLC? Because I haven't actually not touched that yet. <laughs> Keegan and I were talking yeah. about they that. They gave the DLC day. for Warriors and it's more Awakening. Are you serious? Warriors well, the, the three packs yeah, they did were just the three games that they featured. Hopefully, uh, pe wow. people are predicting there's going to be more DLC. Um, their reasoning for it, which I understand, but I... I the reasoning is largely just disagree. blind hope at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's just all the rest of the Fates retainers. 
Jesus. Not anybody, wow. anyone actually wanted. Just their the their the reasoning for theirs. it was because like they wanted to focus on these games because they said like, well, if there is interest for other characters, then we'll do them in sequels. It's like, oh, fucking come on, man. <laughs> no, that's yeah, actually that's great because I don't want to buy this Warriors at all. Yeah. So if there's characters I actually care about, like even a single one, then better that they are in a different game. I bought this game. Getting. I bought this game purely to play as one character, and then I found out that you had to play about forty hours oh, yeah. of gameplay to unlock them. Yeah. And then by the time you do, you basically have two hours left of gameplay, and I'm just I've just been staring at Warriors on my shelf ever since with just this look of disgust. Well it's you like, you will be happy to know that every single update, including a couple of free updates, have added some new history maps and stuff, so you can use said character we'll we'll leave it up to the the viewer to to hypothesize yeah, which know, it is. know exactly who it is but yeah. uh, i've i've uh, i've like completed everything in the game like 130 hours estimated everything are you going to get gotten all the collectibles no I I didn't like that. I actually kind of didn't like Hyrule Warriors when I got it before. Mm, At least I wish Hyrule Warriors I, wish I liked includes... Fire Emblem Warriors less than I do. <laughs> I maybe that's a cynical or bad thing to say, but I it's it's a pretty enjoyable game if you just skip see, the fucking cutscenes and stuff. See, I got I over the character roster. I got over the character roster. Yeah, and that, I, I mean that's half of it. The the gameplay. I mean. The move sets are genuinely enjoyable, and, and they make serious improvements on the Hyrule Warriors formula to make it a more player-friendly and I, I would say more fun experience than what I have seen of Hyrule Warriors. Although, I mean, the the cast and weapon variety in Hyrule Warriors totally surpasses Fire Emblem Warriors. That that is no doubt. And this game also has a clone problem, which Hyrule Warriors did not have. I I don't understand the clones, anyways, actually to be honest. Yeah. Like, I get that Fire Emblem isn't a game where you can really draw specific movesets from characters I mean, other but than they, the really important ones. They've done it for but, a different... I mean, look at all the main series warrior games. Those are just fucking rando, mostly Chinese, you know, inspired just warriors. I mean, I think some of them have magic and shit like that, but everything that, you know, characters do in that game is not too far from <laughs> some of the Fire Emblem stuff, I feel. Especially if, you know, like with Oberos move set, they add some some wind abilities, and, you know, Azuras, they add the kind of water theming that is not seen through gameplay, but through cutscenes and stuff like that in Fates. So it's it's not that far-fetched to me. You know, if, if they did a Roy move set, they could just take a cue from Smash Brothers and from his promotion in FE6 and add some, some fire stuff to his move set. You know, you could, you could do a lot. Yep, yep, you definitely could, but they didn't. And it's sad. They didn't. Anyway, I'll, yep. I'll continue on with a little bit more of what I've been playing, because uh, it's only four today. It's a small number for what we usually have. But um, I've been playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which, as Nintendo would... Unlike Nintendo would like you to believe, it's actually not a new game. <laughs> even though they're they're charging sixty dollars for it, and not even you know they're not there's no remaster or something like that on it. People have not talked about this. There's a lot of 
debate and discussion over why they're selling it as a $60 game. And my theory is that... You don't think new funky mode is worth $20? Well, okay. <laughs> but I think they're trying to market this game as a new game because, I mean, obviously most people listening to this podcast and, and all of us on this podcast, we know that this game is a port of a Wii U game. Uh, but most people didn't own a Wii U, and you need to understand there's there is a large portion of people out there that didn't even realize that the Wii U was not just a controller add-on for the Wii. So the fact that they're marketing this as a new game, I'm slightly okay with because it is such a fucking quality platformer. It is one of the best platformers in existence right now. Um, and well, marketing is one thing. Pricing is another that I'm less inclined to feel charitably about that's true um i didn't feel bad about buying it because i have amazon prime so if you pre-order games on amazon prime it used to be that if you also bought them within two weeks of release but sadly they changed it to only uh pre-orders uh you get 20 percent off so i ended up paying 48 dollars a little bit more with tax instead of a little bit more than 60 with tax so i, I felt more comfortable playing this and i actually did own it on wii u but I think I've mentioned this on the show before. My Wii U gamepad stopped working, and uh, I called Nintendo, and to replace it, it would be $60, and I don't have a Pro Controller, so I'm like, well, Tropical Freeze is kind of the only game... Excuse me, it's kind of the only Wii U game that I haven't played much of that I'd like to play more of, so getting the definitive version of the game that looks better because it... uh. It is at 1080p instead of 720p on the Wii U version, and also handheld. Is I thought it was worth it, um, but I I 100% recommend Tropical Freeze if you've not played it. It is first of all the the soundtrack by series veteran David Wise, who I'm sure you have heard of, uh, is absolutely stellar, and the theming and just the creativity of of all of the levels is it's stunning. It it is such a refinement and improvement over the original game Donkey Kong Tropical or excuse me Donkey Kong Country Returns which by no means is a bad game I would still call that an above average if not great platformer but Tropical Freeze just refines that to a T and and it is it is one of the best gaming experiences I've had in 2018 so far granted I still haven't played the new God Award and stuff like that but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I saw Infinity War and Deadpool 2 and all the superhero shit coming out recently, but we can save that for another podcast or maybe even an Emblemcast Guide in which we still haven't recorded an episode of. But, uh... We've talked about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, we have talked about it a lot. I think now that it's summer, I'd, I'd really like to, to get into that. But anyway, I, unless you guys have anything else to add, I think we can, I think we can go on to, to the mailbag section. What uh, yes, uh, wa great. go watch Isle of Dogs while it's still in theaters, please. All right. Well, huh? I guess if before we move on, we're plugging movies that are still out that no one is seeing that are good, uh, I would recommend Death of Stalin to everyone. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. It's really funny. All right, and uh, that's probably good. Yeah, right? with that, I guess we'll move on to section two. Husser, our slave editor, cue the music. Dude. I'm That's sorry. So I, 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 I know <laughs> I promised right. you I wouldn't bring that up, but... I've been on the main cast for, like, two years. It's not even... Yeah. <laughs> All 
And welcome back to Emblem Cast, episode 31, featuring the one and only Lynn Lover himself, Zerk Monster Hunter. And our first question is asked by, uh, man, this guy has asked a lot of questions before. His name is Planetarial, or Planetarial, I think it's Planetarial. And he asks something that we touched upon a little bit, so we're going to mention this briefly. Um, but what are your opinions on the, the post-Effikaga games? Tearing, Berwick, Vesteria. And I'll, I'll just refresh for those of you who maybe skipped ahead or something. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Tearing Saga recently, which is the first Kaga Saga game. And even though I'm not too far into it, I am greatly enjoying it as sort of a spiritual su successor to Gracious 776, which is my favorite game in the series. But I know, Husser, you have a little bit to say about Vesteria Saga. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so in addition to what we'd already touched on about uh, Tearing Saga... I did play the first few chapters of Vesteria Saga, which came out very recently, actually. And I think it might be getting a translation eventually, maybe. Not sure about that. Um, but it's very... Like, in terms of production value, you can kind of see how far Kaga's fallen, which is a little sad. Like, it looks very sort of RPG Maker, because uh, it was actually made with, I think, SRPG Maker, which is, like, some Japanese thing. But, like, all the assets are kind of... You know, I think Tearing Saga has, like, among the best art in the series, and, like, Vesteria mm -hmm. would be, like, in the bottom third, definitely. I mean, it still looks better yeah. than the DS games, but they look like shit, so that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the gameplay is cool. It's standard sort of FE strategy. It's going sort of back to basics after Berwick, from what I understand, went totally off the deep end uh, in potentially a fun way, but definitely in a very different way from, like, how the entire rest of the series plays. Uh, you know, and it was fun for what I did play, but scrolling through the translation menu is just kind of, kind of tiresome after a while. Yeah. I guess that's it for that one. Uh, uh, all I have to say about the post-Kaga, I'm uh, sorry, about the post-FE Kaga games is uh, uh, the protagonist of Tear Ring Saga, I forget his name, he looks like Bootleg Leaf. Runin. Oh, Runin? Home. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, that, Holmes is, yeah. Runin and Holmes are the two protagonists, but Runin is the one who's just a uh, yeah. palette swap of Leaf. Yeah. Okay with me. <laughs> um, so Ablast6, uh, proponent Kaga Saga lover, asks, why is Freedom Unite the best Monster Hunter game? And uh, I'm supposing that's going to Zerk. Uh, Freedom Unite uh, isn't the best Monster Hunter game in Ooh. my personal opinion. Hot takes. The, the reason it's the fan favorite, however, is because... Almost all of the series uh, staples, uh, G-Rank, uh, a lot of the series' most iconic monsters like the T-Rex, uh, the Nargakuga, the Ukonlos, uh, the Fatalis Triad, really Wait, found their sort of Hunter? grounding and their first hurrah in Freedom Unite. Freedom Unite was also the last sort of Monster Hunter game that was explicitly clunky before the third generation refresh. Uh, tightened up a lot of the combos, made the gameplay a lot faster, uh, made the uh, frame lag uh, and uh, cancel frames a lot more forgiving on the player. So Freedom Unite was sort of the end of the first era of Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it was the biggest game in the series. Uh, I think it had the highest monster list uh, until 4 Ultimate. Is that and one? even then, 4 Ultimate... Is that one on Four PSP, if I remember? 4 Ultimate was on 3D. Sorry? Is that the one that's on PSP? Or is that Try? 
Freedom Unite was on PSP. Okay. Try was on the Wii. Uh, 3 Ultimate was Wii U and 3DS, and then 4 Ultimate was 3DS. Okay. But 4 Ultimate, I'd say, is just Freedom Unite but better because 4 Ultimate has that gameplay refresh that that, uh, Freedom Unite didn't have. And 4 Ultimate basically has 80% of Freedom Unite's monster roster plus a bunch of new ones too. So I get why Freedom Unite is the fan favorite. But personally, I think uh, 4 Ultimate does Freedom Unite better than Freedom Unite does. And uh, honestly, a much world is just far superior designed in terms of just how well it's made. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's why Freedom Unite is the fan favorite. It's also the easiest to break in half as well. Like, you can get really busted with some of the skill and weapon combinations in that game. So I think that's why people like it as well. All right, and uh, finally from the Reddit thread, Zerk, uh, Super Unsubscriber asks, as a fellow Lynn Rath fan, how do you get more people to appreciate the pairing? Um, so recently I had an argument with another Fire Emblem YouTuber about Lynn and Rath versus Lynn and Hector. Uh, I hey, w- hey, hey, what about Lynn Florina? Oh boy! Wow. Oh boy! You you don't want to get me started on that either. Um, <laughs> oh. Regardless, uh, Lin and Wrath actually as a pairing. Uh, since I kind of made my uh, video about it, which I'd love to. There's a lot of problems with that video, so I'd love to go back, revisit that video, rewrite it, remake it at some point. Uh, but regardless, since I made that video, I think Lin and Wrath as a pairing. I've seen a lot more support of it. And whether this is me and my confirmation bias just surrounding myself with yes men who agree with me (laughs) or not, uh, I'd like to think that the pairing has seen a lot of, uh, a lot of um, uh, rebound uh, in terms of a lot of things and uh, big YouTubers. Yeah. And a lot of YouTuber, big YouTubers actually, Phoenix Master One, for example, he is a very avid supporter of Lin and Wrath. I know he really and wants Wrath in the game as well. Uh, in yeah, Heroes, absolutely. I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm with him there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it'll get. I think the pairing will get a lot more popular uh, whenever Wrath gets added to Heroes, yes. uh, because his dialogue will more than likely explicitly mention Lin, and. Yeah, I mean, uh, at, at this it, point, with how popular Lin is, and what we've seen yeah. with the whole Reinhardt meme, uh, pop, or yeah. new characters yeah, exactly. added, we'll mention the popular ones. Yeah, and even And then once this... they add Resolve, you can just break it over your knee. <laughs> Wrath Resolve is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And I think, regardless of that, um, like, even just, like, this uh, support for weird pairings that has come out of heroes is actually amazing mm-hmm. like i'm uh scrolling through my twitter feed a couple days after this recent fe4 banner got released the amount of Lene x aries that i saw was absolutely staggering and i know they had sort of a uh, implied thing going on in uh fire emblem 4 mm-hmm. but the support that i've seen for that pairing in the fan art that has only come about because of heroes I think is really cool to see, and I hope something similar happens with Lin and Wrath whenever he gets added. I think as a pairing uh, for uh, 
the us Linen Wrath fans when he does get added to Heroes. It'll be really good. Uh, the one thing I am really miffed about that they didn't do is we didn't get a groom banner. And my dream for, like, a groom banner was uh, Marth, Wrath, Leo, and Long Q. Because then it'd be basically all of my preferred pairings for each of the original Bride characters from the first banner. Yeah. Well, we got, we got something worth it. worse instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then we've got a bunch of questions yeah. from uh, Hobo. I can start reading these if you want. Hobo, by the way, is a member, a a very active member of our Discord server, which, as always these days, will be in the link for you to join. If you want to talk to me or Husser or, for some reason, Sheffin, uh, you can join our server. I won't talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chef and I don't talk. We're strictly professional basis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, no, no communication outside okay. the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sheffin actually only appears on the show because of his contract. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That, that's actually the only reason. I'm, I'm, I'm actually the only. I'm at, like, if you wonder where all your patron bucks go, it, it goes to just me. Yeah, I'm it, the only it, one. It's entirely. Yeah. It's literally my paycheck. That's true. So, all thanks. like three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. So, Hobo's questions. Yeah. First thing right. he says is if you had to fight any person in Fire Emblem, who would you fight? Racin or any of the Herons. Boom, yeah. I win. Yeah, so, like you know, like Racin broke like broke his hand just by punching Oliver, so it's like, all right. Even if even if he beats me, he still loses technically. Yeah. He... Yeah, like they can't fight. It makes them like physically ill. I'm gonna See, be a cheeky asshole and take another interpretation of that question and say have to fight with anything, and I would say fight with Tana because Tana's my girl and she's badass and I love her. See, it's, not, it's saying fight, not fight with. See, don't tell. This question, I think. No, is you can't. You can't just loaded. rewrite the question like that. Uh. I think this question asks Husser, you? "Why are you so awesome?" So I'm just gonna answer. It's just because of who I am. There, done. That's a good answer. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think this question is inherently loaded <laughs> because on the on the one hand it says if I had to fight anyone in FE it's like I picked the weakest character yeah. so I'd probably like I feel like I could deck Tormod. <laughs> <laughs> oh but no, he's got fire magics. So it's like even then. <laughs> Plus, Maureen would just like bite your arm off if you did that. I yeah. mean, what, what about like? You know, post second or pre second sealed Donald, like when you first get him, that 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 probably wouldn't be too hard. I don't know, man. Farmers, farming's hard work. He, do, man. he does have that pot on his head, and and you know that could be solid protection. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like if I had to fight anyone, it'd probably be uh, I don't know, probably someone like I could. I think I could. I'm probably taller than so probably like Rickon or Tormod. <laughs> but if we're talking. But if I like actually want a challenge, mm -hmm. like I would totally, I would totally uh, have a bit of a tussle with Ephraim or Hector. Honestly, yeah. Like I'd come out of that a little scrap, uh, very, Dead. very battered. <laughs> but if it's like a friendly wrestling match or like roughhousing, I'd totally mm. be down for a for uh. a for a little bit of a gentleman's brawl with Hector <laughs> or Ephraim. Huh. A couple of brewskis. Anyway, uh, next question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. that wasn't a good joke. Uh, what's a non-Nintendo developer you would trust to make a good Fire Emblem spinoff? Well, clearly not. Um, Kaga. 
he's not with Nintendo anymore. <laughs> Clearly not Atlas. That's all I was gonna say. <laughs> oh my god, how did they fuck that up so badly? I'm still. I mean, I know Keegan likes it, but uh, yeah, and Darren's not. On. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, yeah, I the, have... game, the game is actually like really good, apparently. Yeah. I have a theory on why Tokyo Mirage is the way it is. It's kind of waifus, basically hearsay, but. Uh, basically, my theory with why Tokyo Mirage was the way it is was Atlas had uh, a, a game based on idols sitting around in their vault that wasn't being used for anything. And then when they were working on the FE spinoff project, they merged the idol project with it, and then we got TMS. It's possible. That seems unlike. That seems likely. Uh, especially well, the, if you the, assume that they had done basically no work for the FE project when that happens. Yeah. 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 Also. I feel like, cause how how long was the gap between the announcement and the game actually being released? Like years. <laughs> well, the announcement happened like E three two thousand twelve. Yeah. And yeah, and the game came out twenty sixteen. Yeah. And we uh, didn't have and a And it was just known. Between. It was known for a long time as just Shin Megami Tensei Crossfire Emblem. Yeah. And and like people thought. It was canceled for a long time because years went by and and no information at all was detailed on the game. Oh man, it's a good thing nothing like that has ever happened again to yeah. the Fireman community yeah. regarding any games in the series. <laughs> Just randomly oh, sorry, never being heard from again. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's such a shame that Fire Emblem 16 Kingdom Hearts has just been announced years ago and nothing's been done with it. But, but what developers would you guys trust? I think I know who Sheffin will say, and that's probably the oh, developers wait. that I don't remember the name of who make XCOM 2. Oh. Uh, Fraxis Games? Yeah. Eh. There's a difference. I don't know if I'd trust them with it. Yeah. I think Sid Meier, like those guys who do Civilization, could do a cool spinoff where it's more like sort of global territory control stuff, but it's still sort of that Fire Emblem medieval sort of theme. Like civilization, I think that could be fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't remember. Oh, I think it's Maxis, maybe. I don't know who they're called, but it's something like that. Fraxis Games. I'm pretty sure it's Fraxis. Yeah, Whatever they're called. Sure. <laughs> what about what about you? What about you, Devin or Zerk? All right. Um, if you if you've been following uh, my content for a while. Uh, you know I'm a huge advocate of getting a Fire Emblem fighting game. Yes. And the the people I trust with it, first and foremost, are Arc System Works. They created Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Yeah, they do good work there. Which is, which is, great game. Uh, uh, more recently they did Blaze Blue uh, Cross Tag Battle, mm -hmm. which well, oh, they're those guys who did like Guilty Gear and yeah. stuff too. Yeah, they'd be a great fit. They would. Yeah. They would, I, they'd be an awesome fit for Fire Emblem. And the thing about Arc System Works, uh, like, just from uh, their press release and whatnot, I think, like, just with the way they carry themselves, they'd have the only, they'd be the only developers, I think, who would have the balls to not only include characters from a majority of the games in the series, but also call out all the other previous spinoffs for not doing so. And I think just seeing that as a marketing tactic would be hilarious. And that is totally something that Arc System would do. Yeah. Uh, besides that, I think uh, EA should make a Fire Emblem FIFA crossover. <laughs> With, loot boxes. Game right With loot boxes. With microtransactions. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, I'm gonna go balls to the wall in my answer, and something that, and by no means should work, but I'd still be interested in seeing. And I would love to see a weird, disgusting hybrid between the Fire Emblem series and Dark Souls slash Bloodborne with uh, From Software at the helm. I don't know what it'd be, but there, there's, there's potential there. Don't, don't tell me that doesn't slightly excite you. <laughs> you could even get Capcom on board if we wanted to do maybe a Fire Emblem Monster Hunter. Yeah, stuff. why not? That'd be cool too. I mean, that's the way to do. If we're getting Capcom on board, you could do like a, an Ace Attorney, like it's got permadeath so and some guys, <laughs> yeah. and you have a whole trial for I'd every single enemy. Just... I mean, but but it'd be closer to Danganronpa at that point, though. Yeah. yeah, probably. But a, a From Software type, you know, Soulsborne game. I mean, that to me, that's the place. That's the place to have the OC. We don't. We don't need these avatars and and the. Uh, don't call it that. What OC? <laughs> oh, okay, fine. My unit. How about that? <laughs> no, it's it's a thing from Arrested Development. Never mind. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> wow, bad right, joke. How, that's my favorite show. How did I not catch that? And I've been rewatching it lately. All right. The next question is. Uh, which would you want most as a remake? FE4, FE6, or FE9? FE5. FE4. That's not on yes, the list, is. Devin. Stop it's, rewriting it's the question. It's right in no. between 4 and 6. You just said that, Husser. Come on. <sighs> okay. Oh my God. But FE4, if you want me to actually answer the four question. 4 definitely needs it the most. Bigly. On the one hand, yeah. 4 needs it the most. I'd want 4 the most because, A, I'd want my boy Lewin. I'd want my boy Arvis. And I'd want my girls, Ira and Ishtar, in glorious HD 1080p yep. with fully voice actors. Agreed. Uh, but on the other hand, I feel like 6 is more likely because the uh, co-director of Echoes has shown interest in 6. And it's also it's Roy. Yeah. There's like but... tons of fan demand for it. It's I, I feel like 6 is more likely, but I want 4 Something more, that I would like to see, uh, which I think would be very easy to do. Um, for FE9 is, and I believe, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but if they could just do like an HD up-res pack, uh, put it on the Switch with FE9 and FE10, you, you don't need to do anything more than that. That'd be cool. And, you know, maybe, maybe quality of life changes like speeding up enemy turns and, you know, hitting start to skip, just stuff like that. But, but, but other than that, I don't even know if you need to redo all the models and stuff like that. I think the game's fine. Um... Yeah, the only models I'd say you'd really want to redo if you were doing any are the map models. Yeah. May maybe revoice those cutscenes too. <laughs> but what if I hit her? <laughs> oh wait, that's Radiant Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next thing. Radiant Dawn's actually probably worse than Path of Radiance voice acting wise. Uh, next next question again by Hobo is thoughts on an, an Fire Emblem licensed novels. No. <laughs> I think that could be fine, but if they actually if did it, then it would be about the 3DS characters, and I wouldn't buy them, and I wouldn't care. So. Yeah, and there'd be some character that's like the summoner in FE Heroes, where it's just some fucking faceless douchebag that everyone is obsessed with and everyone is in love with. So, no. Okay. Okay, hear me out. Awakening prequel novel about Krom's father written by R.A. Salvatore. Yeah, that could work. But if I they no did Fire Emblem licensed novels, that is not what they do. No, it's not. Uh, R.A. Salvatore, uh, he wrote uh, a series of D&D books called uh, The uh, Legend of Drizzt, which mm -hmm. are, they are, stupid, they are stupidly edgy, 
<laughs> but they have, re- but they have some of the best world building in any books I've ever read. All right. So they're a great fit for a 3DS Fire Emblem, which has yes, no world exactly, building. yeah, perfect fit. For I'll 3DS I'll Fire. answer this question a little bit more robustly. Besides just no, um, and we did touch upon it. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I think a Fire Emblem novel is a fine idea, but I don't trust intelligent systems and how they license their characters at this point in time for it to be worthwhile. So th- those are my thoughts on that. How about you, Chef? You've been a little quiet on that. Uh, I I don't I don't really read books yeah. much, so I don't I like there'd be no difference mm-hmm. if they did or not. So I mean, the next question yeah. is actually, and I'll mention this briefly, is. Uh, imagine you got to make a banner for Fire Emblem Heroes. What would the Zerk, Devin, Husser, Chef, and Monica didn't include Darren because Darren's dead banner be? Um, we're actually going to touch upon that in the third section of our show. So look forward to that recently. Or ne- not recently. Look forward to that soon. But our next question, which <laughs> I am I am commanding, commanding as host of the show, Zerk to go next because he and Hobo love to talk about music uh, in our server. What is your favorite 2000s pop song? This is one I actually don't have an answer for right now, so I'm going to go last because I'm going to... It's going to be good. It's going gonna, it's gonna to blow your mind. <laughs> oh, my God. I have, like, four of these that I can't think of off the top of mention my head. Mention all four. I, it doesn't need to be number one because oh, I'll mention more than one probably. Okay. Uh, 2000, okay. I grew up in the 2000s, mm-hmm. so this I, is I mean, like, we all did, I think, right? Pretty much. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but regardless, uh, 2000s are some of my favorite music just because of how s- the decade was a hodgepodge of just the last dying breath of the 90s. Yeah, exactly. And then just relentless edge. <laughs> so it, it, it turned out into this a ridiculous uh, mess, basically. What, what's um, interesting about the of edge my... of the early 2000s is you have the grunge era, you know, with Nirvana and bands like that of the 90s, but that just gets warped into the 2000s to, like, this weird commercial, like, family-friendly edge <laughs> with some, of the, some yeah. of the later Green Day albums and stuff like that. It's kind of entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Green Day, I think, one of the ones that instantly comes to my mind when I think of early 2000s pop songs uh, is uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. Hell yeah. I, you know what? I, shit on Green Day all you want. I certainly do. American Idiot is a fucking good album. Yes. You just is... like it because it's about you. Wow. It's the... <laughs> American Idiot is uh, probably Green Day's best album in my I opinion. I would say so. Some people say Dookie, but I... I enjoy american idiot more no no american idiot all the way but boulevard of broken dreams is my favorite because uh of green day's works uh mostly just for the opening riff riff is really good um also the lyrics uh, are fucking iconic too everyone knows i I, only road it's the only road that i've ever known there was a time where i knew the entire lyrics to that song uh and oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, another one that I really uh, like that was uh, from uh, the earlier uh, 2000s was uh, Riding Dirty by Chameleonaire. Oh, man. That's just... Oh, man. Like, I... 
it's the strangest thing about the 2000s is a lot of their songs have become memes now, but they're actually actually decent songs, which is. I mean, to be fair, that one was a meme, like yeah, because the Weird Al. Like, yeah, it was. That's true. Of yeah, course. exactly. It, it weird. The 2000s were also sort of the second heyday for Weird Al as well. Yeah. Uh, like, Weird Al had his first heyday in the 80s, and then the 2000s were kind of his second heyday. I have a lot of affection uh, for Weird Al. It's, it's hard. It, he's oh, pretty absolutely. endearing. It's hard not to like him, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, those two are the ones that I think just really jump out at me as... This is what I think of when I think of the 2000s and pop music. All right. Uh, so, yeah, there's a couple more that I'm thinking of, but I can't name off the top of my head. So mm-hmm. if they come to me, I'll, I'll say them at the end of this, but I'll let everyone else kind of go through because it's I, – I love just how pop music has evolved from the 80s where it sort of uh, – became this uh plastic industry to where it is now and just seeing the style evolve and what's popular it's such an interesting topic for me i agree um husser or Ke- or not keegan uh keegan's dead wow keegan's dead um wow. <laughs> but uh all right well i was yeah. was and am really not clued in to pop uh from the 2000s well yeah i, I was gonna uh, say like, we can expand that to just it doesn't have to be only pop if you don't want to. If if there's other genres you like from that era, feel free to mention it. I mean, maybe it's more '90s, but I like Cake, uh, like The Distance, that kind of stuff. I think he, you showed uh, me Cake actually. They're they're pretty cool. I did. You really liked I it. Do. I do. I'm not. I I haven't gotten super familiar with them yet, but they're 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 entertaining. They're they're a good band. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Green Day's all right too. Um, I don't really listen to them, but like they're fine. Uh, that's, that's probably about it. Yeah. That I can think of. How about you, Chef? I I got I got nothing. You got nothing. I can't think of. Come any. on, I, just name a. I can't. I can't. Just say All Star for the memes. No, cause I, I didn't. Re- I, I didn't actually see the Shrek movie until like five years Are after. Are you serious? Oh my god. Yeah. Five years after was still like over ten years ago. Jesus yeah. <laughs> actually, the old movie. Uh, now that you bring up Smash Mouth, uh, that was another one, actually. Uh, I'm a Believer is my personal favorite Smash Mouth song. I think it's better than All-Star, well, honestly. Well, it's probably better than All-Star because it's not their song. It's a song from the Monkees. People don't talk about All-Star because it's a good song. <laughs> or you mean I'm a Believer? <laughs> I'm a Believer, yes. It is a it is a Monkees cover, but you know what? Smash Mouth did it pretty good. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, fuck, dude, I I listen to way too much music. Um, I I actually it's gotten to the point where at at the end of my first year of college, uh, I I set a little goal for myself. Um, man, about a year and a half ago now, where. I try to listen to at least one new album from, you know, that I have not heard before from, could be from an artist that I've heard or not heard before every single week. But it got to the point where sometimes I was listening to two or three new albums a day. So I, I listen to a shit ton of music. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to get my 
pretentious answers out of the way first and say, man, anything by Björk in the early 2000s in particular. Björk is one of my favorite artists of all time. She is an Icelandic pop singer and she is just totally revolutionary and totally in her own world. If you want me to name specific songs from, from her from the 2000s that I really like, uh, Unison, Pagan Poetry, they're both on Vespertine, which is her 2001 album that I'm a huge, huge fan of. Uh, touch on rap really quickly. Um, some of my favorite 2000s rap is, man, a lot of good 2000s rap. Uh, I'll say all the early Kanye stuff from, from his first, what, four albums that came out in the the 2000s, the noughties, as people like to call them. Or, I think that's the noughties, right? Or is the noughties the 2010s? No one calls them that, never but heard that, that is the year that it refers to. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it as a joke. Oh, okay. And that was in, like, 2006, so I can't even imagine when people would have been saying it sincerely. Yeah, in particular, songs like All Falls Down, uh, Flashing Lights, uh, Stronger, Diamonds from Sierra Leone, all Kanye classics. I'm a big fan of Common's 2005 album, which was produced by Kanye West, called B. Title track on that is fantastic. But I suppose I gotta come up with a a radio-friendly pop song very quickly, and... Fuck. Man. I I'm gonna go with, just cause, just cause it's a classic and fan favorite, I'm gonna go with Hey Ya by Outkast, cause who doesn't love that oh, song? Oh, lovely. Wait, that's from the 2000s? That's from 2004, I think. 2003. Huh? Yeah, it's huh? from their well, album you know, Love Box slash Speaker Box, which was one of the more commercially successful ones. Anyway, off of music, cause... I could make a music podcast and talk about it for longer than I do oh, Fire Emblem. But I'm just I'm just going through Billboard's top one hundred from two thousand five and just so many of these are just great ones that I completely forgot about. Yeah. Uh like uh is of course uh Green Day's Wake Me Up from September Ends again off of American uh, Idiot, yeah. American Idiot, like uh uh, Hollaback Girl from Gwen Stefani. Oof. Uh, Oof. I, great one. I was at a, a party the other day, and they were playing all these early 2000 hits. They played Sweet Escape. <laughs> it sucks like that. I was like, this, nice. these are my people. Um, <laughs> these are... <laughs> but uh, the, the next question, uh, before we dwell on this too long, is what's the Fire Emblem spinoff you'd like to see? I think we kind of answered that with... Yeah. We've kind of yeah. talked about this. So, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to skip over that just because I think I, with developer, that's kind of implied. So the next question is, what is your favorite cartoon slash Western animation? So I assume you're excluding anime when we say that. Um, any of you guys want to want to jump know, I, in there? Everything can everything can be everything can be Western if you just if you just turn the globe with the right that's way. That's true. That's what Phoenix Wright taught us uh, <laughs> in in Tokyo, New York. But um. It's LA. Truly the greatest <laughs> game in these United yeah. States. See, it's a shame that he specifies it being specifically Western animation mm -hmm. because if we're because I'm still on a late 2000s nostalgia train, so I was gonna say Transformers Energon, but then I remembered that was produced by a, a Japanese studio, and I'm upset yeah. because I can't because that show is uh, like objectively terrible, but I have so many fond memories of it, <laughs> but. Uh, I would say uh, the first three or four seasons of SpongeBob were good. 
I mean, I've never gone back to them, honestly, because it's kind of childish. I've been going, like, no, they I, were, they were I've actually, I've gone back to not full seasons, but recently I've been just watching a couple episodes, because I've been seeing a lot of Spongebob stuff for some reason in my, my YouTube feed recently, so I wanted a bit of a nostalgia kick, and those episodes hold up incredibly well, and, and they are... They're so expertly written that it is it is a shock that that was a children's show on Nickelodeon. The other children's show on Nickelodeon that I haven't seen since it came out but enjoyed at the time was Avatar. Oh, yeah, Last yeah, Airbender? Uh, that's, yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, Avatar, I would say it's up there with some of my favorite TV shows ever. It's it's a great show. Uh, but if we're talking, like, strictly Western animation, though... Mm -hmm. My two favorites, uh, both of these are actually reasonably recent, uh, Gravity Falls and Adventure Time. Okay, sell me on Gravity Falls, because I have been dying to check it out, because I'm a massive Twin Peaks fan, and it is heavily inspired by Twin Peaks, but I just, I've not gotten yeah. around to it yet. Gravity Falls is Twin Peaks meets The Twilight Zone meets Phineas and Ferb. Okay, it's Phineas and Ferb is legitimately like a pretty well written show sometimes, and it, and it's it's pretty clever. But that's the part that worries me a little bit because it's it seems to me as an outsider who again has not seen an episode yet, so I'm sure I'm completely wrong. It's that seems out of place when compared to Twin Peaks and Twilight Zone. It's more so the writing and the summer and the children interaction mm -hmm. aspect, not so much the gadgets and whatnot. Like, additionally, it also isn't anywhere near as formulaic. Yeah. The reason I bring up Phineas and Ferb with it, though, is that it really strikes a similar tone uh, to Phineas and Ferb. Like, just tonally, hmm. they're very similar at a lot of points. However, human humor-wise, uh, and setting-wise, it's Twin Peaks and Twilight Zone. Humor-wise, it's closer to Phineas and Ferb. Okay. But the but here, this is gonna sound really weird. Mm -hmm. But the creator of uh, Gravity Falls, his name is Alex Hirsch. He provides a lot of the voices as well. He's a badass dude. He I, is, I love him. <laughs> yeah. He's a He's great friends with the studio who creates Rick and Morty. Yeah, he's good friends with... Oh, shit, Ju he's from my hometown. He's very good friends with Justin Roiland as well. Yep. So That's really yeah. weird. A, there, while some of uh, Gravity Falls' humor is very much Disney Channel, what you'd expect, yeah. uh, there are other ones... There's other stuff of it, particularly uh, humor coming from, the, uh, from uh, Grunkle Stan... Mm -hmm. That is very much uh, a PG uh, Rick and Morty. Or that's cool. The, yeah. I, I have heard as well yeah. that the show has a very satisfying ending, which I'm always yeah. a fan of. Yeah. It ended on the creator's terms, which is always great. Yeah, absolutely. So the sh the show progresses very well. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll say very My quickly. My favorite. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, if you are going to watch it, though, mm -hmm. uh, the first three episodes or so they don't 
they're very much anth- they're very much a horror anthology whereas the show as it goes on gets more and more sequential that's what i've heard I- i've heard it gets pretty serialized like everything kind of ties together and stuff like that yeah but the first 3 episodes are kind of disconnected from each other and they don't i think do the entirety of the show justice hmm. they do introduce the characters really well and a lot of the stuff from those early episodes ties in later. But just know that the first three-ish episodes are a little uh, misleading in terms of where the show goes from there. But otherwise, there are s- there's so much good about the show. Two of my favorite episodes and then my absolute favorite episode. So I'll just go over my top three because I love this show. Uh, my... One episode, uh, the janitor, Seuss, finds a haunted Japanese dating sim Mm -hmm. and his waifu, and instead of him getting possessive over his virtual waifu, his virtual waifu gets possessive over him, and it culminates in one of the most left-field pop culture references that you wouldn't even expect uh, Gravity Falls to reference at all, mm-hmm. but when you consider when it released, I'm not going to spoil what it is, but the second you'll see it, you're like, oh my god, they actually did that. Uh, the second, there's some video game uh, my second favorite in show too, right? I think I've seen some like oh yeah, there's tons. Stuff. My second, my second favorite episode is when Dipper gets challenged to a fight by the desk clerk's ex-boyfriend. So what he does is he brings bootleg Ryu from Street Fighter out of the game to go beat <laughs> up this guy. <laughs> That's a really good episode. And then my absolute favorite episode is the Northwest Mansion Mystery because it's one of the few episodes where the show actually goes really dark, not only with its imagery, but also uh, just in terms of its subject matter and also the character development and the implications it has mm-hmm. towards the series are all really good and I really like it and I wish they did more with the plot threads that they set up in that episode because the one particular plot thread that that episode sets up they don't really do anything with and I'm really upset because I really like that plot thread if you've seen the show you know exactly what I'm talking about but yeah, it's a great show yeah. watch it alright and then uh, the final question, I think this will be pretty quick uh, because I don't think most of us have much of an opinion. If there was a FE tabletop game like Warhammer Fantasy, would you play it and collect miniatures? So I'm not... So I at least know nothing about Warhammer yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I actually played Warhammer Fantasy for a while. I still have my collections of miniatures in the other room. So oh. I, <laughs> I would collect miniatures... Uh, probably mostly of my favorite characters. Like mm-hmm. I, like even if I wasn't gonna get into the game or buy a rule book, I'd still buy a Lin miniature and paint that. Yeah. Like, you know me. Of yeah. Course. Uh, of course. But <laughs> yeah, I do that. But honestly, I'd prefer actually a pen <sighs> and paper RPG for Fire Emblem. Uh, in the same I vein as D and D or Pathfinder. I've actually been playing this a little bit with uh, someone called Hammer Priest made like this whole sort of system. And it's a lot. It follows Fire Emblem like normally very closely. Like, friend, the stats right? are the same. Friend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. Um, i sort of doing that, and he also made this whole setting for it, and it's really well developed, and uh, it was pretty fun to play. So uh, I don't know if that's available for public uh, consumption. But 
Uh, if it is, check it out because <laughs> it works pretty yeah. well. Uh, so I, I was just gonna say, I'm, again, I'm not familiar with that at all. But you know, tabletop things are games are, are things I've been looking to get into because it's not uh, an area of gaming that I'm particularly experienced or knowledgeable about. Especially these sort of, from what I understand, Warhammer to be you know kind of sprawling civilization type games. But hey, if it has miniatures of Fire Emblem characters, that would be a great entry point for me. And it would, I can't say it's something I'd invest a huge amount of my time and money in because it's not a series I'm familiar with yet, but I would absolutely be interested in, in learning more and, and checking it out. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a cool idea. It's it's something I didn't know I wanted that sounds pretty interesting. How about you, Chef? What if instead of just buying miniatures, you bought orbs, and then you spent those orbs to get a chance of different types of miniatures? kick you all right, and I think that's a good segue onto our third and final segment uh, of this episode. <laughs> uh, so let's roll into that. Uh, we'll cue up some music and be back with you in a minute. And welcome back to Emblem Cast, episode 31. Here we are in the final segment of this podcast. This is a long one, but I don't feel bad about going long for this one because it's been a while since we put an episode out for you guys, and I think we all all have a lot to say. But this is going to be sort of a combination of the question that our own hobo asked that we said we'd touch on later in this part of the podcast, as well as the question, or excuse me, the topic we used uh for the episode that got scrapped. And that's going to be, first off, how do we feel? It's about, what, a year and four months or three months at this point, but approximately a year after the release of Fire Emblem Heroes. How do we feel the game has developed and changed and improved or maybe gotten worse, if that's how you feel, uh, since its launch? But more importantly, we're going to talk about what our ideal Fire Emblem Heroes banner would be, and we can include Tempest Trial units or Grand Hero Battle units if we want. So, why don't we t t talk briefly, because I assume we're all going to be in mostly agreement about how the game has changed over time. How do you guys feel about the progression of Fire Emblem Heroes a year and three months in? Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, only thing I kind of have a complaint with one of the sort of big complaints I have now is Stanima is kind of like pretty useless at this yeah, point. Yeah, I I, I, feel. I think everyone has ten billion stamina pots, and you know they keep changing. Like they just recently changed Grand Hero battles and things like that to cost zero stamina. So at this point, I, I don't think it would be a big deal for them to remove it. And a lot of mobile games, their whole way that they make money is through you know stamina systems like that but i don't can you even 
purchase stamina pots? I don't think you can. Uh, uh, well, you, you can out, restore uh, your stamina with orbs. Okay. Yeah, if you run out of if you run out of potions, you have to use orbs to restore it. Okay. Which like at the start of the game when it was like fifty stamina cap and you know things right. and some story maps were super expensive, then you could potentially get in that position. Mm -hmm. I've but I've, so I've you know tempest tempest got reduced grand hero and bound hero battles would now cost yeah. zero rival domains is zero it's like there's not it's pretty much just the story maps that happen in particular the change once every two and, weeks and stuff like that because some of those are like yeah. 30 which and, annoying but i have yeah like, but even even then those only come out like once a month yeah. because you need to even sometimes longer because you need two chapters mm -hmm. for it and even then that's still that's only seven. That's only seventy stamina yeah. for 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 one difficulty. So I I think the reason that this system is still in, and and it's some this this is actually something I was thinking about myself a few days ago. Um, I think the only reason the stamina system is still in place is because we forget because we're you know serious Fire Emblem fans. I'm sure most people listening to this podcast probably downloaded the game last February. And when I say last February, I mean February 2017 when it came out. But there are new players that don't have the ridiculous uh, stash of stamina potions that we have. So maybe they're making a little bit of money, uh, you know, with people buying orbs to, to get stamina. But at this point, this game has been so successful. I think a lot more so than Nintendo or anyone at Intelligent Systems predicted. Certainly more successful than I predicted. Um, I don't think it would be a, a big change. A big change, really, for the veteran players or for intelligence systems to, to cha get rid of the whole stamina thing. So, yeah, I, I'm in agreement there. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... Aside from that... Yeah, aside from that, it's <laughs> it's just... It's crazy for me to look back and think that there was, what, a two-month period? Something like two months, maybe it was a month... Where skill inheritance it wasn't even a thing. That is such a core, fundamental part of the Fire Emblem Heroes experience that it baffles me that things like that were not even in the game at launch. Um, they've they've really, I don't know. I I think they have done a commendable job at continually adding new features that actually change up gameplay in interesting ways besides just the standard adding heroes like think about when sacred seals were just hp hp plus three or speed plus one but you know now we have all these ridiculous crazy skills that we're getting from tempest trials and and there's the whole seal forge and then there's also the weapon refinery and and things like that and and they've done quite a bit to add you know a little bit more depth that would not just be there with new heroes so i i they're doing a good job there keep it up yeah. Yep. It's improved a lot, but I feel like the new he the new heroes thing is also kind of the problem now. I agree. Things are getting it's getting forward. so formulaic in, in how they add these things, and, and right. also well, it's these, like, I think the biggest problem that a lot of people have is, in particular, with the banner that was released an unspecified amount of weeks ago, not to date this episode. Uh, <laughs> The the awake surprisingly yeah, the, we haven't dated yeah, ourselves yet. Yeah, the, uh, the the fates one that had uh, female Kana, um, Shigure and uh, Hinoka, and they had Hinoka as an alt for Hinoka, um, as a Kinshi knight. But a lot of people wanted to see Reina in the game, and you know it's, I, I'm fine with Hinoka getting an alt, and it, and it didn't 
personally offend me that much because Rain is not a character I have a particular amount of attachment to. But, I mean, I'm all for expanding the roster instead of just including, you know, alts of, of different characters that already exist in the game. So, there is this weird problem with these characters that have already added getting strange seasonal-type alts on normal banners. See, the thing about the alts uh, is I'm not the biggest fan of them. No, neither am personally. I. I don't... But at the same time, I understand why they exist. Right. So I don't know. I feel we like... have basically all of the ma we have all of the main lords in the game already, and the main lords being the most uh, recognizable characters from Fire um, from Fire Emblem's past um, are basically the reasons that people would spend money, specifically players who are new to the series, would spend money on older banners. Like, I imagine uh, a newer player to the series might, for example, be uh, hopping on Heroes for the first time, and then they hear a lot about, uh, let's say, Ephraim. And then, as it turns out, Ephraim's being added, this would be way back at the game's first, legendary first, or two first two weeks. And then Ephraim's being added to the oh. game, and they're like, oh, I really want to know what Ephraim's about. They summon, they run out of orbs, and they're like, oh, well, I really wanted Ephraim. Maybe I'll spend some cash. And then also for the old players who really want their favorite older units, that's motivation for them to purchase as well. Yeah. So, my, see, my, my problem so with that system the is whole... intelligent systems, even a year and three months in, still seems to have reservations about adding characters from, you know, games that haven't been displayed as much as Awakening and, and, and uh, Fates and things like that. But they've clearly proven with characters like Reinhardt that if if you make a good character design and, and you know, you, you make a character that's memorable to people, part of that is just because of, you know, Reinhardt being so dominant in the meta Busted for so long. Uh, but th they've established that it really doesn't matter if a character is popular or not. You, you can, they have the potential to make them popular. So at that point, I don't understand why un intelligent systems wouldn't make it their goal to try and add more characters that could bring more life into the series and, you know, games that people haven't played. But on the other hand, the devil's advocate in me says, well, they know Lynn is going to, you know, bring in a lot of money, and they know Lucina and Camilla are all going to bring in a lot of money, so why not just keep making alts of those where it's less of a question than a character like Reinhardt. Um, in, in regards to the Lynn alt controversy that happened recently, mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, uh, I personally think that um, 5 is a little bit excessive for a certain, um, for a specific character. Uh, to the point where I can make uh, an image where I have one Lin alt for every single Spice Girl, I think we have a <laughs> bit of a problem. See, the, the thing that bothered me oh. less about that is that it's a legendary hero, which is slightly different from an old. Yeah, And the I fact agree. that these are supposed to be iconic oh. characters from Fire Emblem Pass. And say what you want about Lin, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to take a particular <laughs> stance on this here, but that's a great <laughs> image. Zerk just sent an image in our chat of the Spice Girls with Lynn on it. Uh, but that one doesn't 
bother me quite as much because we'll continue yeah. to get legendary well, heroes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, think... I feel like the problem that people had with sort of the Lin, I feel like that was sort of like the culmination of like sort of alt hatred because you know it came off it came off of the um, the Hinoka banner, which you know came off of what was the banner before that that adult? Uh, the Crom. The... Yeah, the Crom banner, which also had the fem- uh, female Grima as the legendary hero, and you know we've been getting alts consistently on main banners since. Um, since the Micaiah banner, technically. So I feel like that was just more of Lin. Lin as legendary hero, like, yeah, actually, really hindsight, I'm pretty sure have been expected. It's more See, of just the culmination of, like, okay, you know, we've had alts constantly, and, you know, here's another character. Here's a character that actually has the most alts in the game now. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if you Lin getting a legendary both- hero? Perfectly you, fine. It's just people just were more upset. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think that if you combine... No, no, yeah, no, the no. the th- the FE four banner that we just got to date the video is like the first banner of the year actually that didn't have any yeah. alts. Is it really? I actually I didn't yeah. even think about that. That's crazy. Lin is just the Pikachu of heroes now. <laughs> that's that's just how it's gonna be. <laughs> Which um, it's also funny because if going off, if they're obviously going off like choose your legends. And whatnot mm-hmm. get the popular, but Ike originally scored more than all, then scored more than yeah. both Lynn and Lucina. He has one, and Ike's only gotten the four. He's only Ike's only gotten alts two based alts. on. Yeah. He got yeah two alts, but one was forced because he won Choose Your Legends, and the other one was just Legendary mm-hmm. Hero, which seems to be all sort of main characters are going to yeah. be getting. Um, my my bigger so, problem with the alt thing is that, and it seems like they are beginning to take baby steps to remedy this with the Loving Arts banner and with the new slightly controversial uh, Bridal Blessings Part 2. Um, it seems like they're trying to, to you know, give alts to, to characters from games other than Fates and Awakening, but I, I'm sorry, there's still such an imbalance of those characters compared to alts of characters that I really like. And... and Maybe I'd be, you know, a lot of people talk about a grand hero battle, or, or not, sorry, excuse me, not grand hero battle, but legendary or just alt banner, you know, mounted Celeph or something like that. Even like a Master Knight Lachesis or Leaf. I, I mean, I'd be down for that. They just, Intelligent Systems needs to spread the love a little bit. There's yeah. a lot of people who only play the 3DS games and heroes. But there's also a lot of people who only exactly. play heroes and don't. Yeah, they, they don't. The and that's games. what I was gonna say. And to them, like, there's no, no. difference between Lachesis and like Solar. Just because or whatever, they've seen you know? fucking Lucina in Smash Brothers doesn't mean they're gonna be like, "Wow, this is a character I've never seen in my life." Fuck mm. that. <laughs> mm. It's but also yeah. also sort of counterpoint that is uh, Waking of Fates. They've actually had like no real actual permanent banners aside from. The children, the children the of fate banner with Shiro, yeah. and then the two recent ones. Those are actually the only permanent edition. Right, and FE Seven has not. Had. We were talking about this a little bit beforehand, but uh, FE Seven has not had a banner since what? I think it's about April of last year, something like April of last year. Yeah, when when Ninian, when what Ninny and Carol got yeah, added. Yeah, all those guys, Jafar, yeah. that, Lucius, on that super awful yeah. banner. Looking back, it was four colorless. Yeah. and that was when they sold those six unit banners. Um, and right. we have literally not gotten an FE6 banner. I mean, we've gotten, you know, FE6 characters, 
Klein. Yeah, Klein and, and stuff yeah. like that. One character. Is he the Klein. only one we've got? Klein and a Royal. He, he's the only one. Besides, like, Sophia Brave Sophia wasn't at launch either, right? You had to do that, like, special map to get her? But she was, yeah, but she no, was in a Well, in she launch. was in the summoning yeah. pool, but she's, like, also a free yeah. unit that you can and get. And not very good. Without having to spend a word. Yeah. Well, so that's it, just staying well, true to yeah. her uh, in-game trail. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, FE6 hasn't gotten anything and whatnot. That's also one of the reasons why... Uh, the Hanoka banner was like kind of really hated because people were yeah. people were expecting like an FE6 banner. And at at this instantly at this point, I and after I mention this, we'll we'll go on to our our own banners. But as the as the resident Thracia lover of this podcast, I do need to say I, I feel honestly a pretty disappointed about how they finally handled uh, adding Thracia seven seven six characters. Hussar, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. So when the game well, I know they added Reinhardt like way before. Yeah. So else. when the game launched, they added Reinhardt and Olwen, and for over a year, those were the only Thracia characters in the entire game. But then when they finally added a Thracia seven seven six banner, they added Leaf, Nana, and then they did two alts of Olwen and Reinhardt that literally they are not wearing any different clothing. They are just in a slightly different pose with their hands out. And it's like I, I'm yeah. gonna. I like Olin quite a bit, and you know Reinhardt's Reinhardt. He's fun, but as someone that loves the, that series, or, yes, I love Fire Emblem. But as someone that loves that game, it it was very disappointing to me. And say what you yeah, will about. Yeah, it seems about, so obvious uh, to do Finn. There. They did do Finn, but he say, he was a free unit. He was he was a free from unit. a Tempest trial. Yeah. And say, yeah. yeah, and say what you will about uh, the. Uh, I, about the other alts, but at least they have like different designs. Yeah, compared to, yeah. Yeah, like Crom's got his paladin outfit. Kanoka's got her Kinshi stuff. So it's just like basically the same. <laughs> when it, you know they could just on one hand it's four man banner, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, two alts when you also could just easily had a fin and go colorless colorless red blue. Yeah, and also you could just have Reinhardt be the free meme unit. Like when Arden was, Arden was even put on. That was like, oh yeah, good meme unit, free unit. It was good. Reinhardt basically a meme unit, basically a meme to an extent. You know, could he could have been a free, he could have been a free Tempest unit. But yeah. yeah. So with right. that, uh, I think we will segue into the second part of this question which i think we're going to start with husser because i know he has his list formulated and there's one character i'm sort of debating between so I'll let you go first so what would be your ideal fire emblem heroes update with characters that are on a banner or you know grand hero battle units which for those of you who don't know slash husser <laughs> grand hero battle units are are typically reserved for villains every so often they're not villains but usually they're villains whether major or minor from the series um so what what like bat of the beast has that been a grand hero battle yet not yet not yet (laughs) um and so so my first question is is your banner one of the banners more more in the vein of uh the recent evil hero banner, I don't remember the name of it, or the beginning banners, in that it has a sort of theme and, and you know, not a specific game, or is it, you know, all heroes from FE6 or something like that? 
okay, well, keeping in mind the last Heroes update I played was the one that introduced Erica and Ephraim. Okay, that was uh, literally, played, like, those yeah. were literally yeah. the first two characters added, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I had in mind was, uh, like, a King's theme. Uh, so I was thinking uh, Canagus from uh, Fire Emblem 9, uh, Peleus from Radiant Dawn, Kurth from FE4, and Vigard from Sacred Stones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I did check to make sure that they aren't in yet. You did. I did have a conversation with Husser, assuring him that Harden was already in. <laughs> Emperor, Emperor Harden. Harden, excuse me. Uh, not tur- no, no Turban Harden. And I know there aren't any Lagoos in yet, but Kanegas sort of sidesteps the issue because he doesn't have a gauge or anything. He can just sort of, you know, be a melee unit like normal. Yeah, he just needs to, uh... slap some color on him and he's good to go. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you mentioned Vigard because he's basically a husk in Sacred yeah. Stones. <laughs> Well, yeah, but he's like a ruler. He could go with like a pre-husk. Yeah. We actually never get to see Vigard pre-husk, so that'd be interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Zerk or Chef? What about you, Dom? Okay, I'm I'm still deciding on the last unit. Shut up. Nah, nah, you you got this. Nah, I don't. Best best time is to think on your feet. Okay, okay, yes, I do have it, actually. Um, So, unsurprisingly, uh, my... My um, my banner will be from Thrace Seven Seven Six, uh, and I believe I think I actually mentioned this on the either on a previous episode, a little bit in passing, or on the scrapped episode. And I would absolutely love an escape from Manster banner. Um, I think that would be so cool because Manster is such a memorable part of FE Five for me, and and for me at least most of the really memorable, at least playable characters, are on that. So, what I would like from that banner is uh, I would like Green Mage Asvel, give him give him Graf Caliber, make it fucking crazy overpowered, I don't care. Um, I would love a Red Cavalier Fergus on that banner. Uh, Laura, even though she wouldn't be a dancer yet, I think you could make her a Red Dancer, because... I don't know, be kind of interesting. Although, if you really wanted to, you could make her a dagger unit or something like... You know, actually, yeah, do that. Make her make her another dagger dancer. One that's pullable, because she is a thief first. Another dagger We dancer? have an alt for Olivia. Uh, performing arts yeah. Olivia. Oh, <laughs> and then the last pullable unit from that banner would be Karen. Because uh, Karen's my girl. Gotta, gotta love my Pegasus Knights. <laughs> and used her in the draft, and she was a ton of fun. Um, but you could you could certainly give her some kind of pref lance or something like that. I haven't quite thought of it yet. But for a grand hero battle, now this unit would certainly be in the running for another Thracia banner being pullable. But I think it only makes sense as this is sort of the climax of the Manster sequence. I would love to see Marita as a grand hero battle unit because you know there's the whole. For those of you who haven't played FE5, um, you're sort of or at least who you think your Jagan is in the very beginning. Um, Ivel, who kind of looks like someone from FE4. Not, not, she, she's not in the game yet. Uh, oh, she's the spinning image of Alvis, obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
she she turns she turns Evel or Evel to to stone, and they have a battle, and it's a it's a pretty cool sequence. And then I said for a Tempest Trial reward, just as maybe a meme kind of unit, I just threw Brighton in there, just as you can make him an Axe Cavalier, because even though we are getting uh, Axe Cavalier Marth, I still don't think we have enough green Axe Cavaliers in the game. So yeah, I mean I yeah, it's pretty much it's just gone. yeah that that update would just be like. Fuck, man. <laughs> I would love that. I tried to balance it with what I thought would be slightly realistic for that themed banner um, and what I would like to see. But I'm surprised Lyphus isn't in there. If it's Escape from Manster, he's kind of an important part of he that. He is, but I included but... Laura just because, I don't know. In... Yeah. Intelligent Systems likes female characters because sex appeal, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and and another I mean, dancer is always cool. Lene. I mean, look what they did to Lenny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beef yeah. her up. The less said about that, the better. But, you know. Anyway, Chef or Zerk. I don't know why. Because, yeah. like, Lean is young, but, like, her substitute, Lelia, is, like, much older looking and less sort of... Well, they're not going to add a sub. With. Are you kidding? Actually, fuck, dude. A, yeah. su a <laughs> sub... For, like, 90% of the player so base, it's just as obscure. Someone could come up with this, a but sub a sub banner, banner would be dope with, like, Hawk... That would be amazing. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. I want it'd be to it'd mine. be amazing, and they all have lower stats because they all <laughs> lower base That'd stat totals. They all suck. Well, no, but they have like better skills and stuff. Like you could do Charlo, Lelia, um, uh, Radney, Rattlebad, and um, no, because having him and Radney would be stupid and redundant. No, and Hawk. Yeah, that's who I said. Oh yeah. my god, that would be perfect. Because we actually that we actually amazing... don't have uh, Seti, and I will refuse to call him by his official name um, in the game yet. Yeah, and you could put like charisma on Lelia, and you could give Charlo some berserk skill thing. Uh, and Hawk is like actually good anyway, so you don't even really have to do much with that. Yeah. And uh, you know, Radney because they be, like it'd be arms, funny so, if they know, gave perfect. Radney, um, like if that? they gave her uh, Regnal Astra, which is Ira's signature special, but just made it one cooldown more, <laughs> like <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Uh, but but either Zerk or Chef, you guys you guys are up. Uh, Zerk. Oh, Chef, do you want to go? Okay, if you're if you don't want if you want, uh, I'll go last. If... All right. So, uh, actually, sticking on the FP4 theme, I was thinking of actually uh, the getting getting the rest of the Trinigod people, and at the start of FP4 Gen Two, you could okay. get you could have just a four man banner with Larcy. Delmid, Lester, and Lena, and you know have like Grand Hero Battle o Oifi, and then Tempest Trial Reward Unit uh, Ulcer. Sure. You oof, covered every all the bases. You know you got you could yeah, got the I've... Waifu Factor with like Larcy, the easy demotes, and we also add more staff units, which is cool. Also add a mounted bow unit, which would be like yeah. Into the regular pool. You too. could also maybe do like an old Adeem yeah. kind of thing. Good, yeah. Because that would be interesting. Because like Heroes does stuff that like doesn't actually quite appear as it was, doesn't it? Like after they die. Yeah, a little like bit. That. So you yeah. I, I misspoke there. there before someone corrects me. Bravelin's in the pool. Sorry, I was thinking only of. Yeah, yeah Bravelin's in there. But arts, Roy. But I was gonna say, you know, I, we did mention this earlier. You know, intelligent systems, and you'd know they'd throw an alt for Selif in there that has him mounted and gives him some kind of tier thing oh. upgrade part two. 
Oh, well, they'd probably throw an alt for Camilla in there, because they don't really give a shit about yeah. anything. She, she, but... I mean, she was right there. She, she was right next to Arvis when, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually uh, a few theories out there that basically say that wherever Fates Landia is, it's close to Jugrel because the lore in the Fates records, uh, if you translate it using the key, uh, it actually matches up pretty well with the Jugrel lore. Oh, God. Not my baby. <laughs> uh, that would be. I mean, all, pretty much all of them. Nah, they're all they're next like to all, each other. Like it's the land's like all the same connected land. In like you go through like the big yeah. theory. Especially like Arcania. Everyone's just like a descendant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right, Zerk. It's on you now. Okay. All right. Okay. So the banner that I would love to see in Heroes five is done. a. Five more Linalts. <laughs> All five Linalts on one banner. Just, <laughs> but no, really. Actually, it would have to be a Lin's Army banner. Uh, I'm down with it that. Would be, I'm down with that. Yeah. Oh, like Sane and Kent and like those yeah. guys. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that'd be it would cool. include. It would include. It would include Sane as a Lance Cavalier, uh, and he would have an inheritable distant counter javelin. But it would work like the br like the lightning breath in the sense that it would also punish your special cooldown and it would have really low might. I like that idea. Uh, I like that idea. Yep. Uh, Kent would be the same, but he'd be an axe cavalier with the hand axe. Really, axe? So would he be uh, promoted then? Uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, then, the next character on this banner uh, will be Wrath who unfortunately would share a color with Sane. He'd be a blue-mounted archer. And Wrath would have the Rhineflesh bow, which is the S-rank bow from Fire Emblem mm -hmm. 7. And the Rhineflesh bow would either have built-in darting blow and a cooldown reduction, much like Ishtar's Milnir, or it would be a legendary brave weapon, like uh, Amiti or Reinhardt's Master Sword. Yeah. And then the last person on this banner... And this is an idea that I've had for a while. Will actually be Mark. Interesting. Uh, Mark will. How be, would that work? Yeah, Mark. Mark would be a red tome unit with uh, a a made up uh, legendary tome. It won't exist previously. Uh, he'll be stupidly busted, <laughs> and he'll be voiced, and he'll be voiced by uh, Kyle McCarley. So why why did you choose or why did you choose to include Mark there? That's did not expect that. Well, the thing is, there would be basically two... I, I, I'm looking at this from uh, an, of a intelligent systems, how do we get players to spend money perspective. Yep. And I think Mark being playable for the first time would be a really cool novelty for Fire Emblem 7 fans. I also think that making him red would also mean that he would share a color with the other possible out for this banner, which would be Lin with the Manikati, but I have a different idea for that. Mm -hmm. So when this banner gets released, we'll have an update where Sword Lin, who's been in the game since launch, will get access to another legendary weapon, this being the Manikati, and in the exact same function as uh, Sheeta's Wing Sword and Claire's Ramphaya, it will be dual effective on armored and cavalry, and it will have a weapon refinery option to get flashing blade. That would make her very good. Yep. Next, uh, so 
that would be included w- already in addition to the Sane, Kent, Wrath, and Mark banner. Are you going to add Nils? That would be a perfect oh, time fuck. to do it. My homeboy! Bringing back cool? memes. Nils? I'm yeah, to Nils. have a male manakee dancer. Oh, yeah. Nils like, would be Give a, You know what? Yeah. Make cool, him a red dragon. Please. We Fucking Christ, we need a new red dragon. Nah, they, they make Nils, him a green dragon. Nils would be a red manakee dancer, and he will actually be the Tempest reward. I like that. And then the yeah. great... And then the Grand Hero Battle to accompany this uh, uh, banner, just for the meme, will be Bata the Beast. Yes. yes. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm super down with that. I mean, the only problem I have with that banner is Mark, because I feel like if they included Mark and Heroes, then that would mean for whenever an FE7 remake inevitably comes out and... 50 years or whatever that mark will be a fucking playable avatar character just like robin and chris but we can hope <laughs> hey man that that means i get to s rank lynn okay you don't understand the that's implications true. of this well it's, all, though, it's weird because they've like confirmed it's been like confirmed through like the warrior supports that mark's like some sort of like telepathic Really, like, fun. what? Which is, really, I, is, is yeah. Mark actually? Yeah, in the in is the, he actually it, mentioned in the supports with Lynn. Yeah, in the in the in the Robin Lynn support, like Lynn's like, oh man, you know, you probably would like your tactics are like as good as Mark's, and Robin's like, oh man, I'd like to meet him. So I'd, I'd hope, or I'd like to meet him, and like, oh, uh, you know, he doesn't really actually really talk much. And Robin's like, and then how do you how do you like how does he give orders and tactics? And Lynn's like, oh, you know, we just know what he wants. It's kind of funny. And it's like. What? <laughs> I feel like that was just a like joke <laughs> on their part. I feel. Oh no, see, man! Characterization is canon. True. I'm, Mark I'm, is telepathic. He's a mutant. I'm. I'm a subscriber to the theory that Robin and Mark are reincarnations of each other, and then Robin. Uh, sorry, and then Corin and Chris are reincarnations oh, of God. each other. But when I, I mean the jokes, old joke, but. But good memes never die, as they say. When are we going to get fucking FE4 with Cliff? And then, you know, he has all the holy bloods. It's still a funny idea. Alternatively, just add a banner with only Lewin on it. Fuck it. Yeah, Lewin and Lewin and Seti. Just Lewin. And Lewin. No, ju- no, no, just Lewin. And Seti and Hawk. No, Lewin, literally Seti only one unit on the banner. No, just Lewin. Just Lewin with uh, Forsetti as his You know what would be funny? If they made it so that, like like they do with the uh, the um, legendary hero summoning banners, that, it, you know, it was still the normal 3% rate and everything, but he is the only 5-star unit you can get. <laughs> yes. Can't even be pretty broken. Yes. Just him. Just Lewin. It's just Lewin. He's a 5-star man. He's the golden god. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. All right. Nice. It's always fun. It's been going on for a while. I think it's probably a good time to. It is. Uh, So, Zerk, I actually realized I was thinking about this earlier. We did not mention why you're known in the community. Before we wrap up, do you want to just tell people about your YouTube channel a little bit and where they can find you online? Oh, of course. Okay. uh, I assume folks are still listening or they've listened to this in chunks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, they've likely heard my. uh, uh, raspy Canadian voice for most of <laughs> Don't this. Don't worry. We have a resident but, uh, raspy Canadian, but he's he's not on right now. That's Darren. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> I didn't mention myself and plug myself thoroughly at the beginning of the video, so 
I'm given an opportunity here, so strap in, boys. Um, if you're curious as to uh, if you enjoyed the show today and you're curious as to where you can find me, uh, you can find me at my YouTube channel, uh, Zerk Monster Hunter 4. There is a space in there because why not? Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Zerk M Hunter. Uh, I post a lot of uh, random memes over there, but my main style of content comes on my YouTube channel. And what I like to do is I like to do a lot of speculative analysis regarding Fire Emblem. And most of that speculative analysis comes in the form of something that I find interesting during the week and I enjoy talking about. Uh, a while, a couple weeks ago, I just wrapped up sort of a mini-series on my channel uh, about uh, the possible remakes that we might see. I started with Fire Emblem 6, went to FE4, and then finally did a video about uh, where I combined the idea of uh, not only a Fire Emblem 9 and 10 HD, but also spoke briefly about possibly a Fire Emblem 25th anniversary, sorry, a Fire Emblem 30th anniversary legacy collection that includes all the Western released oh, games. Oh, I wish, I wish you hadn't said that, because now I'm going to get my hopes up. I didn't even put that together. <laughs> That would be so amazing. Here, let me get your hopes back down. Fe16 is going to be delayed to 2019, and it's going to basically no, be another. Fates. I mean, another fates. There. Now, if it's anything but that, you'll be pleasantly another surprised. Another fates, maybe, but I, I don't think it'll be delayed. I think. I, don't know, I think man. Nintendo's. I mean, everyone liked Nintendo's uh, uh, digital event last year, but fuck, I don't know. I feel like people don't remember this. That video was literally like 10 or 15 minutes long. I think they're just trying to increase their E3 presence, which is why they teased Smash Brothers, didn't show anything else about it. You know, we know Pokemon's coming, we know Fire Emblem's coming, all this stuff. We know Metroid's coming, but we don't know too much about it. So there, it's going to be a blowout, I hope. Yeah. It's going to be two versions, uh, Fire Emblem Let's Go Lucina and Fire Emblem Let's Jesus Go Jesus fucking Camilla. Christ. Uh, time to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Anyways... Yeah, if you're interested in any of my content, you can head over to my channel, uh, youtube.com, Hunter 4 uh, Video I recommend you watch. Uh, I did one about fan service in Fire Emblem a good and one. why it's actually done decently well. That's a good one you should start with. Anyways, I'll turn it over to Devin to end this out for us today. Alright, well, thank you, Zerk. Uh, and with that, we have had a nice long meaty episode here don't take that out of context please husser please uh, take it out yeah, of context I, I know he will now yeah, i mean it. that's gonna be the little <laughs> intro bit it's just gonna be me talking about something that's big long and meaty uh as i further well, well now it is <laughs> anyway we've been emblem cast your favorite slightly pornographic podcast um I've been Devin, and with us we have Zerk Monster Hunter of YouTube fame, who we will include links to in the description, as per usual as we do with the guest. We had Sheffin, and that was it. Um, wow. I'm kidding. Our favorite, That's our so favorite editor, Husser, who we would not have a show without. And as much as I jokingly make fun Thank of you. him, we love him dearly. Are you going to let him out of the basement? No. <laughs> anyway, see you guys. <laughs>
While Devin's looking for that, I'd like to introduce our special <laughs> guest for today, a former President Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah, we got Barack. That's pretty cool. I've actually been a fan of Fire Emblem uh, since my youth. <laughs> what was the treat. first Fire Emblem game you played, Mr. President? Oh, the first one, of course. Uh, as a international student, I was able to learn Japanese at a young age, and I started with the original <laughs> Shadow Dragon on the NES. Or I suppose, rather, it'd be the Famicom. How the fuck do I check my patrons? And uh, how did you come to be in possession of the Chaos Emeralds? No, I'll, I'll just the do Chaos this in Emeralds. Post. Yeah. Uh, well, if you played uh, I'll, I'll Sonic Adventure 2, you would realize that, uh, in fact, Shadow the Hedgehog does, in fact, work for uh, the American government. Uh, and thanks to his efforts, we were able to gather them all up. And uh, using the Chaos Emeralds, we were able to counter the Infinity Stones and all the Dragon Balls. <laughs> all right, thank oh, you uh, very much. Oh, the uh, America Chaos safe Emeralds. from terrorist attacks. <laughs> Do we want Chaos to just, like, restart? restart? <laughs>